Welcome to the Bros Who Think Podcast, starring your host, Mr. Lyndon Burton, and his co-host, Adam Schubert, Justin Batiste, and Charles Reese. This week's special guest, Cremo Soup. We got a lot to get into, fellas. So, without further ado, take it away. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Bros Who Think Podcast. My name is Lyndon Burton, a.k.a. Youngboy D-Wits, a.k.a. The People's Champ, a.k.a. Beer Gang is in the motherfucking building. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode, I believe, 95, and some of y'all might be like, damn, Lyndon not usually this hype. Why is Lyndon this hype? Oh, I'm hyped for a big reason, ladies and gentlemen. This episode 95, and... I'm hyped because the Pellies got the number one pick, nigga. <laughs> but nonetheless, we will get into all of that and more in a little bit. I'm joined this week. My guy Brooklyn had to had, uh, just moved to his new spot. His job schedule is working out. Brooklyn will be back next week. Don't you worry, ladies and gentlemen. But this week's co-hosts are I'm joined by Adam Schubert. Schubert, how you doing today, brother? I uh, I'm. Having mixed notions <laughs> about what happened, but you know, I'm doing all right. You <laughs> I was on, me on Twitter, so thanks. For I that. did. I had, <laughs> Judge, bro, you didn't want to answer my phone call. You weren't tweeting. I was like, is he alive? Yeah, man. I was just, you know, formulating my thoughts on that. Because I, I mean, mean, you were sad. We're going to talk. Wait. Don't get into it. I mean, yeah, okay. We'll get into it. Then we'll get into all that. Also, joining us this week, co host, guest co host this week. Let me introduce him, the host of Primetime Podcast. Speaking of Pelicans, if you're listening to this now, go check out his latest uh, episode on talking about everything about the first round pick. Me and him was joined by Scott Prather. None other than Mr. Charles Reese. Charles, how you doing today, brother? The bird has fucking struck last night, baby. (laughs) I love getting you on this podcast because this is the full uncensored podcast. So when you come on here and curse with me, I I enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) yeah man flock up baby it is a good time we're not gonna talk about pellies now we're gonna get into the pellies later in the show and i was gonna talk shit to brooklyn because brooklyn kind of got done dirty his team was phoenix and phoenix is like at six like ooh, i feel bad for them uh the bulls got done dirty but that just shows tanking is done in the nba we're gonna get to that in a little bit justin will also be joining us later to talk nba playoffs this podcast this week we're going to be, Charles Schubert and myself will be talking about, there's a main topic we're going to talk about, then we're going to play the Would You Rather game. I'm going to mention one other thing before, and then we have an interview this week. I was joined by Crema Soup, rapper out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and look, you guys, this was one of the, let me not say best, because I, I enjoy every interview I do. This was one of my favorite interviews, though, because Cremo got real, real introspective. We really talked about, like, his beliefs. We we talked about everything from integrity to his beliefs on religion. We got into his be- beliefs on like the universe. This was a really really in depth conversation. It all is around the perspective of explaining his album because if you after you listen to this this interview and you go listen to his album, the uh, inter- it's called Interstellar: The Rebirth. Man, you will really really appreciate that album. So I want to thank Cremo for coming on the podcast. And after we get through this first part. You'll hear that, and then we'll get into the segment this week, Bros Who Ball, because Bros Who Ball is really the main talking point, because not only do we have a lot of playoff stuff to cover, we also got to cover the NBA draft lottery. But without further ado, 
let's get into this week's pod. So today's conversation, man, we could have talked about it last week, but I felt now that we got Charles on this week, we got Schubert, we have a bunch of different opinions. I really want to talk about it now because this has been the topic of the internet. I've been seeing women talk about it, especially I've been seeing men talk about it. It's been a big mess on the internet and it's from Schubert's hometown state, baby. Let's get into the new abortion laws that Alabama passed, that Georgia Georgia passed a similar one. Louisiana's about to vote on something like this. I believe Ohio signed something like this. So basically, the Alabama governor signs a near-total abortion ban. The legislation bill, uh, House Bill 314, Human Life Protection Act, bans all abortions in the state except when an abortion, uh, quote-unquote, this is what they say, when an abortion is necessary in order to prevent a serious health risk to a woman. According to the bill's text, it criminalizes the procedure, reclassifying abortion as a Class A felony, punishable up to 99 years imprisonment for doctors. Attempted abortions will be reclassified as a Class C penalty. The legislation makes no exceptions for rape victims or uh, victims of incest. Basically, the governor said, today I signed into law the Alabama Human Protection Act to the bill's many supporters. This legislation stands as a powerful testimony to Alabamians' deeply belief that every life is precious and that every life is sacred gifts from God. I want y'all to remember that as we get into our conversation of the thing, of the uh, what we think about it. Georgia's bill basically is similar to that. They're also going to be through the wording of their bill, police might have to in, uh, investigate miscarriages because they're going to have to see if the doctor did it or if it was a natural miscarriage. This is a big mess. But I'm going to start with Charles first, being that guest host. Charles, what is your thoughts on all this, this abort, these new abortion laws from Bama, Georgia, and how Louisiana might be next? You know, I think the difference between what's going on in Alabama compared to other states is Alabama's doing a total abortion, whereas these other states are kind of going towards more of a heartbeat. A heartbeat, uh, yes. Abortion. Yeah, let me let, let me make that known. The Georgia law, the difference between the Georgia law and the Alabama law, because you, you made a very good point, Alabama is, is definitely just all abortions. Georgia's law is pretty much that once a heartbeat is heard, then that's when they will be uh, punishable. It's, uh, let me see, the exact time. It's basically in the first five to six weeks, once a heartbeat is heard, that's when it becomes punishable. And sorry to cut you off, Charles. I just wanted to, I thought you made a good point. I just wanted to clarify the differences between Bama and Georgia's law. Now you can continue, my brother. So that's, you know, that's what Louisiana is going to be voting on. Um, whether that passes or not, I'm not sure. Uh, just because you have more division in terms of, um, you know, conservatives and Democrats over in Louisiana's legislature. So, I mean, it possibly could. It's one of those situations where with a, you know, a Democratic governor that some middle Republicans probably won't touch. But uh, I think it is a possibility. I mean, I'm pretty firm on my stance on abortion. Um, being raised Catholic, I've always been taught that it's wrong. Um, and, and, you know, I've never really been a fan of it. Um, if I was ever in that situation, I wouldn't do it, you know. One hundred percent, and that and that's your personal. I and I and no one's here to to bash your personal beliefs because we all feel about it personally. And I'm gonna straight up say it myself. I'm not the guy that that like if I was put in that situation, I, I'm keeping it ninety nine percent. Like you know, you know what I mean. I'm with you. I was raised Catholic as well. But does that mean I believe that it should be a govern government law saying that they shouldn't do this? That's where it gets hazy for me. Well, yeah, I, um. 
I, I, I was brought up all the same way, so I think we're all kind of on that same similar stance there. Uh, but yeah, I think Charles is right. I think it's the heartbeat lie that Louisiana is trying to is going to uh, bring up. My thing with all of this is I I feel and I and I want to I'm not going to say her name, but one of one of our friends Schubert that we graduated college with, she made a great point. She was like, "You can be pro life in your personal beliefs, but does that mean the government has the right to tell?" different women, what to do with their bodies. And I would maybe be more behind the law if it wasn't a reason based upon church. And like, there's still church involved, especially in that Alabama law. The Georgia law and the one that Louisiana is passing has less to do with church. But if you're going to come out and say straight up for God, like that, that's, that's, that's against our constitution. We were supposed to keep church and state separate. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think uh, we agree with you there. Um, I, I, my biggest thing with all of this has been more of the arguments that have been made than the actual what the what the law should be and what the law shouldn't be. I mean, I, I think that people should be allowed to do what they want to do. I'm all for less government restrictions. So when the government's trying to tell you what to do, I'm not for that. So that's how I kind of feel on that whole thing. And and if that's what you want, if you're in a situation where you feel like that's necessary, I feel like the whole having incest and rape be a a little addition to that being like, well, there's no exemptions for that. I think that's kind of BS there. I think that's ridiculous, man. Yeah, it's crazy. You can't force a woman who's been raped to go through uh, at birthing that child, like that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's insane to me. Yeah, that's crazy. So, there's definitely reasons for abortion. I think the thing that I get the most upset about in these arguments is it seems like people are speaking about abortion like it's this something that everyone experiences in their life. And in my immediate circle of friends that I know, I don't think I've known anyone who's ever been who's ever been in a situation like that or had to do that. I don't really think that it is as, I, and I mean, just speaking in like from my, my perspective in life, I've, I haven't seen that be such a prevalent thing. And I just am wondering like, why is I, I just don't want it to be like this thing where it's like, okay, well we could put, use a condom or we could just get an abortion. You know, yeah, where I don't see, want it to be like this taboo thing where it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's okay. We can do whatever we want. Cause we can just get an abortion. See, I don't think that 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 that's the right way to be about it. I, I agree with you. On yeah. That point. Like, that it, I mean, be it, like it should a, be. A yeah, it should. I, I wish you could have circumstances for it, but I mean, you can't tell anyone what they can and can't do when it comes to that. Also, we're three males. We yeah. are like. I just want to make this to our female audience. We're not. We're not telling you what's right or what's wrong. And I, I feel just as a man, truly. I just feel like women should make these laws about their, like, I just don't know if a man should make a law about a woman's body. That, that, that's a straight up. Like, I don't know if we can tell a woman who, who goes through these things and, and when we don't even experience pregnancy, we don't know what that's like. That, that's just how I feel on a personal level about this, us making laws about women. This might be kind of a hot take, but I think that people who are very pro-life the approach that they should start taking now is getting to kids, or not kids, but I mean middle school and teenagers and kind of 
getting it in their head, like, you know, forget about the the natural family planning. That was the biggest thing I didn't like about Catholic schools that they're teaching you. Oh, okay. Well, you know, if you just plan out the cycles just right, then you can do it. And you can just well, they start by. that. That's crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, I think that you got to get in, get in kids' minds that you, you know, use protection, safe sex, use protection, yeah. birth See, control. See, that's something they don't like, they don't teach that in. They don't they they would rather preach about not having sex till marriage. Or nothing. Like, they don't want to acknowledge... And I remember there was a good South Park episode about not wanting to talk about condoms and, and, and birth control. I, I think that's something that needs to be taught in sexual education. No, that's the way that you prevent abortions now. Like, that's where I would say if that if you're really against people having abortions, then prevent people from even getting abortions. Like, just make it so, to the fact that people are becoming more responsible with the way that they're approaching sex... That yep. they aren't getting so reckless. Like that's where I kind of get worried with this whole thing is that people are just getting reckless and thinking, oh well, you know, it doesn't matter because I'll just get an abortion and not really caring about the repercussions of it. I mean, there is no. I mean, just, I, I, I th- you know I, what I, I mean. I, I Go ahead, Charles. I think we need to be frank here. So I, I'm like really hard on this on this issue, but so just just to get that out of the way. But look, if if you're going to have intercourse without protection, without wearing a condom, one, you know, that's on the guy, but that's on the girl just as much at the end of the day. Like, I understand there's some circumstances where there's a rape, a sexual assault, where, look, that that's a whole different situation. Facts. But a normal couple that's sitting there that's going to, you know, going to have sex. And, and, and also, girls that, you know, understand when their periods are coming should understand when they're ovulating as well. That's the only Facts. time yeah. you can get pregnant. I mean, they teach that in Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know they teach. That. I, I'm not sure what they do in public school. Uh, I don't. I, you know, I, Lyndon. I don't know what they taught the girls. You know, when we were doing sex ed, but I know for a fact they teach that to girls in Catholic schools. So, you know, when you can and can't get pregnant, and, and even you know beyond that, just use a freaking rubber. And if you <laughs> don't, then, then you know, get on birth control. I mean, I mean, there's Plan B. There's so many ways that you don't have to come down to making a decision to an abort a child and, and you know when it comes to these heartbeat laws you know they were I, I saw a lot of things were getting you know talked about you know people that were against it saying well you know you don't know when you're pregnant until you know you know f- a couple of weeks after you miss a period well all right well you ovulate in the middle of your cycle so two weeks later when you're supposed to get your period well th- from that point you're late and then you have four weeks to make that decision. So if you're gri- given those four weeks and you're not going to be able to take care of a child, you either, either need to decide to put it up for adoption, suck it up and raise a child, or do something about it then. But, I mean, you know, morally, I, I just am not a fan of doing anything uh, when it comes to abortion. But, um, you know, that's, that's just how I was raised at the end of the day. No, I feel – and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong if you feel on either side of the matter, and I agree with you. I think I think that it should be wear a rubber, wear like birth control. There's there's Plan B. There's take, take responsibility for yeah. your mature decision. You no know? facts. Like if you know for and look, I'm I'm just we 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 come out on this podcast and we speak frank and we talk about other things. I'll be frank right now. I, when when I made a mistake and, and came inside a girl, I got Plan B that day. Like there's like. There's no reason why, like, if you know, and, and, and I know some people are going to be like, but, but if you don't have money, 
then don't make these stupid decisions. Go get a condom. But like, for example, for me, when I know when I did plan B instantly the moment after I was done because I didn't know. And, I, and we talked, I talked to her. I was like, can I, do you want to go get this? She was like, yes, let's get this. And I was like, word. That was what we did. And, and I feel like that's way more easier than getting into these stuff. But it's about being responsible and, and doing that. You, if you read plan B, you can get that done within 72 hours. You can wait, procrastinate a day or two and then still get it. So, I mean, there's plenty of options. But the thing with me is, this is just how I feel. I just, I'm with Schubert. I just feel government shouldn't base, shouldn't tell people what they can and can't do and can't and shouldn't especially tell women what to do with their bodies, especially this Alabama thing with the rape and incest. I think that's crazy. Yeah, I think that that's kind of messed up because that's like the one scenario that everyone kind of is like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe... If someone gets raped and they ha- and that's gonna be you know a rape baby, you can't you, yeah you can't do the Schubert. But final thoughts, Charles gave his final thoughts. Unless Charles has anything else, I don't want to say that. But I really liked how you finished what you said, Schubert. Final thoughts for you before we get um, on this topic. Just that the one argument that I hate is that everyone's like, oh well, you know, if you care so much about the lives of unborn babies, what about the thousands of foster children out in the world? I mean, all those foster children aren't gonna like aren't gonna like that backwards of that argument being like, oh, okay, well, we should just aborted all those foster kids. Like, I think that's just a terrible argument. No, but, but I I think if you look at it from that perspective, but to the to the argument of what about caring about these other things? I think we need to care about those other things, but that doesn't yeah. mean we care about this less. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, everyone wants to bring up another thing that you should care about. Yeah, we should care about all these things. Because we got a lot of fucked up shit we need to take care of. But that was just something that I just saw a lot of people talking about. And I just wanted to have this conversation. And like I said, just because what we believe, that doesn't mean what you should believe. Because I'm, like I said, like me and Schubert both said, we don't think the government should tell you what you should do. But like Charles said, I believe that people need to take responsibility for their actions. So... That's pretty much all we got on this topic, ladies and gentlemen. Let's move to the next one. The next one is really just me and telling everybody be be on the lookout for Khaled album that drops on Friday. We're gonna be doing a review, and yeah, so just be on the lookout. That's gonna be the first new hip hop album that's gonna be of the summer. That's gonna have like these summer bangers, a lot of unsurprised stuff coming. Also, Chance the Rapper's coming soon, so music's about to pick up. Uh, even though right now we have a, a quality Schoolboy Q album out, we had a Boogie album out. Uh, th- also, Interstellar, the Rebirth from Primo dropped. We got some Christmas stuff dropping, as well as I want to promote Emotional Orange, the Juice Volume One. This R&B album, it's only eight songs. It is one of the best R&B albums I've heard in a long time. Shout out to Rory from the Joe Budden podcast. He's the manager of this group, Emotional Oranges. But I want to shout out Emotional Oranges for making such a great project, such a great R&B project, and me and Brooklyn will be reviewing it next week. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to get into this week's interview with Queen with Crema Soup. Shout out to him. He just dropped his latest album, Interstellar, The Rebirth. So without further ado, let's get into the interview with Cremo. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Bros Who Think podcast. This week's interview, New Music Spotlight, I am joined by Cremo Soup. The brother out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm super excited. He just dropped his latest project. He dropped it in April, uh, I believe April 3rd, April 4th, if I'm not mistaken. He dropped Interstellar, The Rebirth. 
super, super dope project, and I'm glad that we finally have him on the podcast to discuss it and to talk about his career. Cremo, how you doing, brother? Yo, Jim. Cool, fam. How you doing today? Shit, everything lovely, baby. I don't have bad days, you feel me? So everything's <laughs> good. That's what's up, brother. I'm glad to finally have you on the podcast. And low-key, you want to know something crazy? I met you... I met you about two years, maybe three years at this point, because I met you like right before I started the podcast at an arm at, well, it, it was, I don't know if it was an arm rivalry show or whatever, but at Bisbano's in Lafayette. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. That we, boy, that boy uh, Jay Ward. Yep. Uh, and we've been yeah. forced to link. Like, I got you, no, like, I forgot I got your old number and everything. And I'm so happy we finally got the chance to do it now. Yeah, bro, it's crazy how life works like that. But shit, is a beautiful thing, bro. I'm glad. Everything. Hello, I'm just. I'm glad we caught up in time, you know, and we actually got on the same wavelength right now. And we actually getting it done, and we manifesting this shit. So it's beautiful, bro. Hell yeah! Like everything is is crazy because it's like you said, it happened so long ago. But now that we finally got to be on the same wavelength, everything happens at the time of the universe and when it's supposed to happen. Thanks, bro. I definitely. One, one hundred percent. Well, Primo, let's get into this conversation because I don't like to call them interviews. I like to call them conversations. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, first off, the first thing I want to ask you is: for those who don't know, your name Cremo Sue. Before we even get into you as an artist, talk to us about your name because that was something I asked you. I'll get how I pronounce it and let the people know what your name means to you and, and why you chose this name. See, it's crazy because I begin to to grow like a connection to my name because I've been calling, my, calling myself Superfly. That was the first, like what my first name was. A lot of people like, you know, knew me back in the cut, like high schools and shit. My bad, I'm on that wine bag. Oh, <laughs> you good, family. That's real. That, that's, that's how I want it. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's lovely, you feel me? But yeah, when I first was on that little Instagram wave, I used to be, you know, like just doing my little shit, you know what I'm saying? Some fly shit, some different shit. I'm really from New Orleans, but I was out here in BR, you know what I'm saying? Just on some different shit. And I called myself Superfly. And I really, that really inspired from Booster when he was like, you know, five, five, Superfly. I was like five, five at the time. So now I used to dress my ass up. I used to be stepping. So shit, I just started calling myself Superfly. Then that eventually, you know what I'm saying, became Super. And then people started calling me Soup, you feel me? And then when I uh, dropped my first project, um, the shit's so crazy because I came up with Cremo Soup in a time where I was actually living in a trap with my partner, you feel me? And I was just, like, on some money shit, you feel me? Like, I wasn't always on some money shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. But it was just why I was just really consumed with hustling and, like, casual everything around me type shit. And overtime, you know what I'm saying? That's where the Cremo come from, casual everything around me and overtime. And I Real? Ended, yeah, you feel me? And I ended up uh, producing that whole project in a week, bro. And um, it was so crazy because I feel like I, I felt like I was an artist. Like I feel like as an artist, it's only right to be able to, like, put together a quality piece of work. You know what I'm saying? Like a project. And I had never dropped a project before. And I had um, it's so crazy because I actually, um, my partner D Mad, bro, crazy story. And I don't think I ever said this, like, told this story publicly. But he actually produced some shit on Interstellar. You feel me? Real? Um, yeah, he produced Deuce Deuce, um, one of the bangers on that bitch. That uh, should go hard. He mad But he produced my whole... He produced CSOT originally, bro. But a lot of people wasn't fucking with the tracks, you feel me? And um, 
I, it was like the lyrics hard, but I just ain't fucking with the tracks. And don't get me wrong, he had like some crazy, weird shit, but I felt like I was, you know, had flexed it. But when everybody kept telling me that, you know, I, of course I made adjustments and I had just locked in on some creative shit and I really went and produced my whole project in a week myself, bro, and it was crazy. But it was like just a magical time in my life on some shit, you feel me? And shit, Cremo came out and that was like on, on some alter ego type shit, you feel me? And it was just like super was the the cool the coolest of the coolest, you feel me? Like the coolest nigga ever type shit ever to walk on the earth, you feel me? Like, and Cremo was just that hustling nigga, you feel me? That's just, yeah. me just grinding, grimy, like it don't even matter, it's whatever, you feel me? So shit, uh, bro, that's where that Cremo Cremo shit comes from. And I just put the other Cremo soup and that shit just flow, you feel me? Like it was just some cool shit. No, it works hella hard, and I and it's funny because I think when we did meet you, it's still going by Super, so it, yeah. it, it it worked out. So it's like Super the cool dude, Cremo the hustler, nice mixed together, nice one hundred percent you, Cremo Soup, and that's yeah. the it, that's the rebirth. I get it. Right, exactly, bro. You got it, bro. Like you put the shit together perfectly. That's exactly what's going on. Hell yeah! Well, that, that, get, that journey oh, through life, just finding yourself. But yeah, continue. Yeah, let's get it. Let's in. go into uh to dive into you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how you got into rapping. What made you get into music? And was it always you 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 always gravitate to music? Tell us a little bit about that story and what were some of your influences, whether it's hip hop or other things. That's a bit. Um, it's crazy, bro. Cause I was like, all right, I don't. And it's crazy because I never talked about this like uh publicly, like like an interview or anything either, but this shit in my family, like, I was a studio baby, you feel me? So this is not nothing foreign to me. Like, my whole family do music type shit, bro. It's crazy. My mom got, like, a singing group, you feel me? Really? Like, go do music. He could sing his ass off, like, really blow type shit. And then I got, like, big cousins who do music, you feel me? Like, a lot of people in my family do music, so it's not necessarily... um you know what I'm saying, foreign to me. And I done had a lot of people, you know who I'm saying, who who very successful. Well, I don't say a lot of people, but I had one in particular person in my family who very successful. I ain't gonna speak on their name yet, uh, publicly, but they they doing their shit right now. But um I got um really this shit like to be honest, I never knew I was gonna do music coming up, just being in the midst of because I was shy as a bitch, you feel me, like I knew I had personality, woo the woo, all this shit. But as far as getting on the mic and you know what I'm saying, saying shit, it just didn't it didn't work, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't my time. And it was crazy because when I started getting into the music, I actually like stopped doing music for like two or three years, bro, because I felt like I didn't have shit to talk about. Like I was so young and my my like family, like everything they rap was like some real story type shit. And I just felt like in life, I didn't have nothing to rap about but like girls, you know what I'm saying? Like so yeah. like some love type shit, you feel me? But can I stop you real quick to ask you a quick question? Because I love to take these these tangents and everything. Because we, I want to get back to your story, but I think that's very interesting to hear you as an artist realize that you didn't go through enough life experiences and you stopped for three years to get that. How, talk to me just real quick. How important is it? Because some rappers they don't write their stuff, but knowing just hearing you say that and hearing your music, you can feel the authenticity. You can, you, you know it's there. Was it 
more so a conscious effort that you chose to take that the, the two to three years off, or was it something that just so happened, or was it like, no, I need to go through things and then I'll get back to the music? Yeah, it was definitely that conscious effort. Like I remember writing in like a journal in middle school because see, I really got in, into poetry heavy because I just knew I could put words together in a fly way that people would fuck with, and you know what I'm saying. I just felt very in tune expressing myself you feel me at a young age like just figuring myself out i knew that was something that i fucked with you feel me like and it wasn't hard or like it came naturally exactly but when it came to like writing lyrics it was difficult it was hard it was like you know what i'm saying like i'm like what the fuck could i possibly say right now and i wasn't being influenced musically enough to say some shit like that i wasn't doing you know what i'm saying yeah. like, I wasn't influenced like that musically. Even though I was in the studio amongst my uncle smoking buku weed and shit. And even, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, yeah. I'm in the midst of that. And don't get me wrong, I even started smoking young. Don't get me wrong. But I never put that in my lyrics because I wasn't, like I said, the only thing I really was getting, like, in this time was just straight women in sports. And I feel like sports ain't some shit I'm trying to rap about. You know what I'm saying? Like, But I think that's like, awesome because. It shows the authentic, the authenticity and high, the integrity of you. Like yeah. I, I'm so happy I'm learning this because this makes the lyrics even more. Because I was going, I'm definitely when we get to the album, I'm gonna ask you questions about the hustling, and you already yeah. talked about that. But for some artists when they're coming up, they do have the shit they say. And yeah. for you to, for you to say, nah, I'm not gonna rap about like, yeah, I was smoking weed, but that's not me. I'm not doing that right now. I'm not trying to rap about the girl. I want to go through real life experiences so I can relay that message and kick knowledge to people. I think that's important and impactful and I think we need more artists like that. So I applaud you. I appreciate that real skills, no care. I feel like it's just it's just right, you know what I'm saying? Like some shit is just it just didn't feel right or it felt right when I started, you know what I'm saying? It just was what was aligned with myself, you know what I'm saying? Like I think I uh I it, it's a quote Somebody, I can't remember who said it, but they said, um, oh, oh, I got to get this shit. What was it? Fuck. Um, if the, I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm going to catch that bitch before the end of the podcast. I got to think okay, of get, it. Get your, get your okay. shit off. Yeah, but let's get back to you. I like quotes and shit, bro. I'm one of them, bro. So you're going to hit me quotes and shit. I'm about to go find it. It's in my journal, but yeah, let's run it. Yeah, get, get your thing. But get, get back to the, I didn't mean to cut you off and, and divert, but I thought that was something that art, artists who listen to this podcast, I think that's something they need to know. When you go through that writer's block, if you don't yeah. have nothing, don't force it. Like, experience yeah. life. And when you come back, the music's still going to be there and it's going to be better. Hey, I got I got another quote for you, Jay Z. He said it's um, and he might be quoting somebody else. I'm not sure, but he said it's the artist's um job to be inspired or find inspiration. It's the artist's job to do that. So, writer's block. I'm not gonna lie. I don't too much um often have writer's block like now in life. I mean, um, I just feel it. It's natural. It come and I, and right now I'm in a space where I'm creating differently. I'm actually doing some new style of creating like how i'm going about the art so i'm just inspired every day bro no cap like just perce- perceiving life bro if you get out your phone for a little bit and just look at life huh. you'll easily be inspired bro no cap. Huh. talk talk about let's <laughs> yeah, get to, we're gonna we're gonna get to that because uh, i want to have that conversation a little later let's get back to your story your journey keep me on track, bro keep me on track but yeah that's um basically how i really got into um 
making music, bro. Like I actually started recording, probably recording my first song like in middle school type shit, like just on some playing around type shit with me and my uh bro, uh Davion. Um, we was in the house and just we really used to freestyle shit. We wasn't even writing me just some it was some goofy, funny ass shit, no cap. And we was doing that. Then I started getting around my family, you know what I'm saying? And that's when I started kind of trying to write some shit, you know what I'm saying? I'm in middle school, so I'm starting to see more shit as I go through this shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Middle school was crazy. In Baton Rouge, it was crazy. No cap, bro. There was a lot of shit going on. But the more I went through it, the more I began to be able to write about shit. And shit, like my first song I dropped probably in high school. I ain't even dropped it in the middle school. I was just on some writing, making shit. Like, my family had a studio, you know what I'm saying, type shit. So I was just with the, my big cousins and shit, you know, just really soaking it in. Really wasn't yeah. too anxious, you know what I'm saying? I'm just chilling. It was just training camp. Yeah, you were just living yeah. life. Like, it, it, it low-key was just your everyday life as a kid, but looking back on it, you could say that was your training camp. That was you getting your getting your tools together for when you go to war. Exactly. No cap, bro. Just soaking it in, bro. Just perceiving life that young. So being that you from being that you was from originally New Orleans, you moved to Baton Rouge. When, when, when would you say you moved to Baton Rouge? I moved to Baton Rouge sixth grade, bro. Um, okay, so sixth grade. Yeah, that was like the big, the biggest change in my life. Cause BR different, bro. This bitch yeah. From everything, so there's nothing like this place right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, like New Orleans gives you a vibe of at least for me being from Lafayette and going to Baton Rouge, going to Lake Charles, seeing other cities. New Orleans, there's no city in Louisiana or in the South that feels like New Orleans. Like, when I step there, I feel like I'm in this utopia. Like, it's free. Yeah. It's like, it, it's freeing. You, you just feel a, a sense of relief almost. Yeah, like, see, New Orleans more like, New Orleans, everybody thinks they're a superstar. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of them places where it's it's big artistically, but it's like, Everybody got this major confidence in themselves, and it's like it's just an area. It's like a mini LA, like I tell people. It's like a mini LA, bro. Everybody got their own little style, their little sweat. Well, I ain't gonna say their own little style because you know a lot of people rock the same type of got the same type of sweat. Like, you can look at a New Orleans nigga, and but they got that creative energy. They do, but that's the thing. It's definitely more of a creative wave. Like it's very diverse. Like they really get in depth. You know what I'm saying? Not to be on the. St- artistic side of New Orleans, the Dickie Fish, but it definitely got like a heavy creative wave. Dope creators with dope styles, like mad weird shit that I fucking love because I'm weird as a bitch too. You know what I'm saying? Like, which is why I get it from. I know it's just in my nature on some shit. But, um, beyond more really that ratchet shit, bro. It's like, <laughs> like, that bitch, this bitch just, they embrace me. Yeah. yeah. Grimy, like real talk. Well, I ain't gonna say Mo Grimy because the city nigga fucked up too. But this bitch stand on that ratchet shit. Like it got like a. It ain't many people who on that. Oh, I'm trying to live that lavish wave. It's no ratchet. Is from the youngest motherfucker jigging around four years old to the oldest motherfucking jigging around. You know what I'm saying? Sixty. And you can you can see it from the people that came out from BR, like the different type of <laughs> artists compared to the artists that came out of New Orleans. And you got Spit Away, Master P, out of Nola. But then yeah. in BR, you got the Boosie, the Webby, the yeah. Kevin Gates, the Young Boys, that way, yeah. you know? Like, hey, wow, bro. And you got a New Orleans nigga where, you know what I'm saying, they get that, that yeah, and they just more chill, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah, we chilling, but 
it's like I think that's what the difference comes. Cause I be saying I can't get that ratchet. I mean, you feel me? Like you gonna hit it in my music? Like I can't. I done, I've been here. I done got accustomed to it. You feel me? Like this is like home. You know what I'm saying? Like this is much of the city is not home. Cause I don't really be going back and forth type shit. You feel me? So you be able to see that transitions perfectly to my question because I was gonna ask you next. Who would you say rap wise influenced you the most? Which sit would you say which artist? In which city, like, would you say more BR, more NOLA? And if that's the case, just list off some of your, some of your influences uh, rapper-wise or music-wise. All right, so basically, I remember coming up something so crazy because when I was younger, like elementary type shit, I really fucked with Wayne hard, bro. I used to listen to Wayne every day, like... Hell yeah. And before basketball games, it was Wayne, Go DJ, like the whole car, like all that shit. We bumping that shit, like, like yeah. not even nothing that I'm not accustomed to. This is all I really know. You feel me? Like, so it was Wayne off the bat. Then I started getting on Bow Wow. I really, I gotta acknowledge this because I always felt like people raw him out. You know? No, I respect that. I, I respect that. No, because, like, our generation was definitely on, like, I'm not going to lie, I had the face-off CD. I remember, like, listening to Bow Wow, Omarion, and Soldier Boy, and niggas don't want to acknowledge yeah. it now, but you, oh. if you if you born from 1992 forward, you know damn well you was listening to Bow Wow, Soldier Boy, and all the niggas. was that nigga, son. Fuck all that bullshit. Like, don't get me wrong, I feel like he a little cheesy. I'm a Pisces. yeah. You feel me? So I understand why. Well, I ain't gonna say I understand that thing really, but I don't know why he got like cheesy like that. But you know, I ain't gonna. It's more so we grew up like it's. I ain't gonna knock his legacy though. You feel me? I feel like that's what a lot of people ignore. Like, no, I, what, I wish I wish Bawa would have grew up with us. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. kept trying to stay doing the young boy stuff, and if he would have just as we grew up, started rapping more about the stuff and like we did, or if he would have just stayed in his actor realm, do that, but I just felt like he was chasing youth instead of growing up with his fame. Yeah. I mean, I just say, I wouldn't even say all that, because I really, too too much in depth, don't know what the nigga, I just know he had some cheesy moments on the internet, and I don't oh, think they, could, they could, you know, like, it was really that simple to me. He had some cheesy moments on the internet, and they not gonna forgive him for that shit. But yeah. I feel like they forgot about his legacy. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't forget about like what he did, bro. Like, give that man his flowers. Yeah, you feel me? Everybody was walking around doing the hard on shit. You feel me? I'm not saying he originated it, cause you know that'll start a whole debate. I don't know who did, but I know Bow Wow and Romeo. I remember hard on shit. You feel me? Hell yeah! And then like Mike, like that nigga was legendary for our generation. Exactly, bro. Like, don't knock Shay's mouth because he's Shay Mouse man. Like, but whatever, you know. To each his own. They gonna do what they want to at the end of the day. But you know, I fuck with that boy. Um, and you know, really, it's so funny, son, because um, I had went through. Like, when I was in, like, early in high school, like, I went to this strong New York conscious phase. Like, I was fucking with J. Cole and then, like, just Jay-Z and, like, Buku Legends. I ain't gonna spend... I had, like, a Temptation phase, bro. I had, like, a, a new edition phase, bro. That's amazing, because me effing, too. Bro, I remember riding with my grandmother, and all she would listen to was them old, the, like, 104.5, like, all the old R&B, and I was like, my mom. What's the, what's some of these people? And she would write, she would, she literally wrote me the name of all of them. She would give yeah, me some yeah. of her CDs, and I went through them. Low key R&B. If you ask me, what's my favorite genre? 
I would say R&B. Like, I'm a hip-hop head 100%. But if you ask me what's my first love, it was R&B because I used to get I, – when I was younger, my mom was working, so my grandmother would pick me up after school, and me and my grandmother and grandpa would bond through R&B. And, that, and I feel you on that, my nigga, like 100%. No cap. Like, I really was – I had my stages, bro, like, while I was just – very indulged. Like, I watched the movies. I had a Michael Jackson stage. Bad, bro. Like, Same. Very in, in, like, very engaged with everything he had going from the interview to the live performances, bro. I had a lot of different stages, which is a big part of my versatility, bro. Like, I never had an ear for one type of music, which I love. I don't know why it's like that for me, but I just feel like I could hear the good music. What is some fucking hard ass, hard metal ass rock? Like, I remember in elementary. After I moved from New Orleans, uh, I moved to Mississippi with my daddy for three years. Brandon, Mississippi. How was that? Real quick, it, not to. Um, that, was that a different change of life? It was definitely a different change of life. It was an experience of racism. But see, mm-hmm. the thing about it is, no cap with the racism shit, bro. I didn't perceive it like how everybody else did. Like, I take everything with a grain of salt. So I was like, oh, your parents are racist. Cool, like that's what they got going on in their life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Still too engaged, or still no type of way about it, or like it didn't make elementary school bad for me. Like I still, you know, I had. See, to I was I was talking to my to my co-host about this last week. Not to cut you off, but I think this is a good conversation to have. Yeah. We was talking when you were younger. It's like what you just said. I didn't perceive racism and racism thing like if i found out that one of my one of somebody in my class's parents were racism racist i wouldn't judge them off of that i just knew and they wouldn't treat me any different See, and that's because racism and all this is a man-made social construct like kids are the perfect example of humans Kid, when, when you're a certain age when you're younger you don't see color you don't see you just see each other as humans right and, and and it'd be the, the the you know the repetition of hearing it, bro. Like I remember the little girl like told me, you know, what I'm saying my dad doesn't allow me to, you know, what I'm saying date or talk to black. Bro, every black kid, if you have ever attempted to go after a different race of a uh, uh, sexual of a of a race of someone to uh, be in a relationship with at a young age, bro, I heard the same thing. No same yeah. thing. Like I told you, I was really a lover boy. Like, I even want to speak on this because I don't hear many people say this, bro. But on some real shit, I had a, a, a fucking moment where I was really bumping B5, too. Like, they were so hard to me, bro. Like, <laughs> son, the album, son, like, what the fuck? Like, these young-ass niggas, that's a legend. Like, that album's so hard, bro. Like, that first little bitch they made with that all white on their head, like, that white and black. And they was fucking with Puffy and shit. I'm like, yeah, yo, I need to go. Uh, wait, the B5 niggas? Son, them niggas hard, bro. Like, I need to I, go check them out because I remember I used to listen to Day 26 and B2K and all them niggas. I'm going to check I, B5 out. It was like some young niggas, son. Like, and it ain't everybody would have known this shit, bro. But I had like a little sister, you feel me? So, like I say, I've always been open to music. So, I had really hopped on that little wave just hearing her sing that shit. You feel me? I'm like, this shit sounds good. You feel me? If it sounds good, I can fuck with it, bro. Like, to be honest, like, even with this, like, conscious rap battle versus, you know, trap, who gives a fuck what they're saying, like... Yeah, the mumble rap niggas. Mumble rap. You see, I'm not completely against it, bro. I'm, and, and, you know, as much as I got a respect for the game, bro, it's just like, at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? If it sounds good, bro, 
I fuck them. I mean, I'm you know about to indulge in their personal life and saying that everything they doing is right and yeah, it will. But I'm the type of person as an individual I know to fill my mind with, so I wouldn't overconsume myself with it anyway. You feel me? So it's like I'm the same way. Like I thought <laughs> when people made this whole big mumble rapper stuff. Like if you want to listen to conscious rap, you can go out and listen. Like see, instead of being negative and spewing negative on the internet, you're just giving the, the things you hate more publicity because people don't realize. Negative press impacts something more. For example, yeah. Tommy Lorenz. Nobody knew who she was until until she said the Beyonce thing, and black people blew her up, and we put her in a position to be where she's at today. If 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 people didn't like like the little pump, they shouldn't have mentioned about him because then yeah. he wouldn't have blew up. There's there's plenty of rap to go around, but like you said, I'm a I'm intelligent enough to where. I can, I will consume it every day, but I'm not going to hate on them dudes. Let them get their money they want. And some of them, their music sounds incredible. Like, yeah. it, it sounds good. I feel it. And I respect, I think, your well-roundedness of all the different things you accept and you listen to. I think that's what makes you such a great artist when we get to your album. Because, yes, you are conscious, but it allows you to get into these different pockets to where if, if you're a, a mumble rap fan, you're hearing you like, yeah, I bounce with it. But if you're a conscious rap fan, you're like, yo, even though he got these crazy melodies, you, the words he's spitting is real words. Yeah. <laughs> hey, real shit, bro. No fucking cap. That's some real shit. And that's so what, what it is, bro. Oh, no, 100%. So when would you say, so high school is when you recorded your first song, but when would you say you started taking it? Serious and got give me to your first release of your mixtape, my first project. I bet. Well, high school, no cap, I was taking that shit serious. But see, I had I was real popular in high school. I had a lot of shit going. You feel me? But I wasn't incorporating that all the way with the music. But that's really where I got most of my fans from. You feel me? Like. I was going hard, but I wasn't going hard with the music. I was going hard with throwing parties. Music was just like some cool shit I was good at. You feel me? Yeah, on the side. But, but yeah, it was where I was making my money. So it was where I was more invested in it. You feel me? But I was like, son, like I was doing all type of shit, like talent shows. I was performing. Like I've been performing for years around the city. You know what I'm saying? I don't want. Every talent show I ever really got in, I won except for like one of them bitches. No care. Really? Winning them bitches every year, bro. Like snagging them bitches. I had performed with a live band in high school. Like, shit was crazy, bro. I was doing all type of shit. Looking back on it, just reflecting right now, you know what I'm saying? I think, but um, going towards graduating high college, you know what I'm saying? Like life was always real, bro. But the older I got, the really it got, and you know what I'm saying. Not to say that my mindset or my mind didn't lead me a lot of places with just the shit I was consuming myself with, you know what I'm saying? So that was a play the major toll, but as far as me creating that project in 2016, that's me coming out of high school not knowing what I'm going to do. Okay. Thinking, thinking that I'm going to blow. No cap. You're not knowing the grind you have to put in. Not knowing nothing, bro. Not even knowing that life is about to be, like, not just what they pitched it to be like one like yeah. honestly when you get out of high school and looking back on it they didn't teach you anything about life yeah it's hard, bro and, like and they didn't have you prepared at all no cap and see that's why like i ain't gonna lie bro me and my partners we we live i i would it was ain't shit i turned about high school bro like 
we really lived that bitch up, son. Like, I don't even know if there's nothing else we could have did to, like, make that bitch even any fun or something. Like, we used to, we finessed the shit out of high school. No, I feel you on that. So the first project comes in 2016. What do you feel you accomplished with that project? And what do you feel, do you feel that project was a success? And do you feel that the project you have now compared to back then, do you do you feel the growth? Yeah, I definitely think it was a success. Like, far as an artist, that was the best thing that I had ever done. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm like, that was like, I was overwhelmed. That's why I thought I was going to blow. I'm like, this shit too raw, bro. Like, I did this shit in a week. Like, man, niggas ain't doing this shit, bro. Niggas ain't producing their whole project in a week. They first time producing ever in life, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then, like, putting that shit out on the platform. You know what I'm saying? Then I had a nice follow, and that bitch did numbers on sound. That's what my wave was. I was more of a SoundCloud wave trying to get that shit to Apple Music and all that shit. And, and build up from the ground. No, I feel you. Exactly, bro. And and that was even around the time where I'm in 2016, I created my own label type shit. Then I dropped out of college type shit. You know what I'm saying? I really went to college because I really didn't know what I was going to do. Dude, yeah. yeah like, I'm like, damn, I really just think I'm a blow. Like, I really don't know about like nothing else. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was really very impractical about life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't really being. The last thing was on my mind was getting a job and working. So I'm like, I'm about to go Joe's College and finesse that bitch. Yeah, so you blow. Exactly. Yo, I relate to that so heavy. Let's get into the project because I want to transition into before yeah. we lose this point. Like, you keep me on track, bro. I'm just going to be running that shit. Oh, no. I, 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 this, is, this is what I want the fans. This is what the fans going to love. This is what's going to connect them to you and, and let them understand your type of music because this next yeah. when you hear that, after hearing a song like uh, let me I don't want to um, let me pull it up because I got it in my notes. But after hearing the song of of that that's on me, you you really go into that song about talking about not trying to let your mama down. Was yeah. talk a little bit about that and do you, does the college thing play into that? Is is talk she, to me about about, yeah. the, about the the writing and everything? Just getting to that because I, I when you said that on that's on me. I related to that because it's like everything I'm doing right now, the reason why I'm going so hard is so I can make my mom feel proud because I did shit in my past where I felt I let her down. So I related to that 100%. I'm going to tell you some real shit, bro. The reason I feel like that, it ain't about that college shit. Because, see, I'm a considered person, but I don't give a fuck about, like, a lot of shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love my mama, but I know this is my life. And I ain't one of those people to be stressing those ways, you feel me? But I just felt like for a long time, like, hustling and shit, having my ups and downs. My mama done seen me go through a lot of shit. It hurt her. You feel me? And I know um, one of my uh, one of my uncles died, bro. He was younger than me, but he, um, at his funeral, you feel me, his, his parents was talking about how proud they was of him. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, mm-hmm. you know, and it shit hit me so hard. I'm like, right. I don't even think my parents could say the same about me. Feel me like how I'm coming, like living. So that was what time to get your shit straight. Yeah, you feel me? like that was me perceiving life at that moment and thinking, you know, not not to even say like I'm a very, you know, when it's your time, it's your time with the I ain't really too indulged in death or nothing, or worried about it or fear it or none of that shit. But I was just thinking, be, me being in that position, you know what I'm saying? Because my parents truthfully say that was proud of me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know it wasn't like, the fear I, of death. It was. 
trying to make sure your legacy and you remember the right. You just want to get mom to be like, I'm proud of you. And, and I feel, nah, I feel at least, at least to know that she can be, you feel me? Because it's not to say yeah. that I didn't think, you know, that I didn't know my character because I always knew my character. So, you know, I'm comfortable in life, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, parents are worried about their perception, how they look as a parent. And for her to be comfortable, she got to know that within herself. And I just didn't think she knew that, you know what I'm saying? So that's where it was like me actually, my mama actually seeing the success that I see, seeing the video, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Aligned, and her being able to appreciate, you know, the fruits of my life, you feel me? Like on some shit like that. No, 100%. Hell to the yeah. This is just that shit I love. Let's dive into another layer. So you talked about how you was hustling and everything, and we talked about that in the beginning. And yeah. I, you hear it in your lyrics and you talk about that, but I don't think it's from a, a glorifying perspective. I think it's from a, nah, nigga, this is what I went through. And, like, I'm trying to show young boys that there's a different way. Let's get into, for example... We just lost a, a true, true soldier and a person in hip-hop who was promoting how to do it the right way in Nipsey Hussle. He told you his life of, yeah, he was in gang related, yeah, he hustled, but that's not who he, that's not the man he was. He changed and he, he changed his life. How important is it for you to, yeah, yeah you might have hustled here and now, but it's not a glorifying thing. It's, a, it's more of a thing of I'm trying to teach. Right. See, for me, it's really, it's like, Everything, see, for as I see is really simple. You know what I'm saying? Like, the reason I was doing what I was doing was, you know, you are, you know, we build habits, of course, you know what I'm saying? But I had seen my uncle with, you know, Buku money. Yeah. And my uncle was the hustler. And that's how it all starts, you know what I'm saying? You see something and then you, you want that. So you start to put yourself in emotion, you start to perceive life. In that manner, that's what you're trying to attract. So you begin to attract it. That's what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So everybody get a little taste of the life they want to live. And some people run from it. They don't like that shit. Some people, they start to get addicted to that shit. You know what I'm saying? It might turn out good. It might turn out bad. But, um, yeah, I definitely don't glorify it or anything. I just feel like be smart. You know what I'm saying? Like with anything yeah. you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, no, it's more to life. You know what I'm saying? Like, just be smart, like. Don't be a dummy. Yeah, no, you know, no, I feel like just you know, be like, like if you don't be doing this shit because it it looks fun, because you gonna come into some real situations. You know what I'm saying? Like everything like, that comes with it, come with it. Like you don't get the car and not have to pay gas or not have to change exactly. tires or you know you might have. You know what I'm saying? Go get that oil change. Like, it's a lot of shit that come with that car. That bitch look good on the lot. Yeah. <laughs> go exactly. Oh, you gonna put a little bitch in there, be a little bad bitch on side. Yeah, she gonna be fucking with that. You know but you got to keep that upkeep. You got everything that come with that. Like, yeah, you got everything that come with it, bro. So. No, 100%. And I think that's, I think that's a, a good way to put, like, when, when you are hustling, just know that there's laws and everything and there's, there's consequences that come with that. And if you're not ready to handle that, don't get yourself involved in that life. Like, the most majority of the people that hustle don't want to hustle. They just do it because they don't have nothing else. They have no other option. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, and I ain't going to even say, like, for me, it ain't another, another option. It's plenty of options, but, you know, you do what you good at. And, and not even to say, like, everybody's different, you know what I'm saying? You're going to invest your time in what you want to, of course, you know what I'm saying, or what you feel like is going to benefit you the best, you know what I'm saying? But I just know what where I was in life and how I lived my life and you know just how I'm coming. I mm -hmm. just know what to do with what I get had going. I'm gonna just say yeah. 
know what I'm saying? Just no, like, you don't have to say no more. Like, I got you. Like, we don't even... You know we're not saying? on that Vlad TV type shit, you know what hey. I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, no, 100%. You like, get I got... fit in, bro, no cap. Like, you don't... Right. You, if you hoop, you're not going to go hang with the skateboarders, bro. Mm. You go hoop, you know. You go to the gym, bro, and you're going to bump in a few people who who fit quality descriptions you fuck with, who character, you know. Yeah. you like, okay, I can fuck with you. I see where you side. I see the... the the cons and the pros that come with it. You know what I'm saying? It's just about, you know, we live in life, bro. We all perceiving this shit and understanding this shit, how we do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, 100%. So let's get into some of the more the music side. That's on yeah. me. I want to talk about the creation of that. You you had a bar. You said, I, you don't even believe in Jesus, but he wants that Jesus piece. To me, I was like, oh, that's a bar. So so talk yeah. to me a little bit about that line, but then go into the creation of the song. I mean, yeah, yeah what Christian song. That song was really just self-expression, bro. It was me getting the shit off my chest because, all right, this is some shit that's recent in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, as an artist, you know, as you write and shit, like, she'd be two, three years old. Like, this is literally the past three, four years of my life, like, coming out of that high school shit into college or, you know, into real life. Better yet, say college and real life are two different things. Like, I tell people, it's two yeah. different things. But um, that's just um, me self-expressing. I stayed in the trap with a couple of my partners, you feel me? We was, you know, doing what we did, you know, little hooligans, bro. We was just, you know, we kept a, a fire-ass image. So we just didn't feel like the need to come like everybody else, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, that's a lot of self-expression of just me and how I was feeling in that moment, you know what I'm saying? Like, just the shit I was going through, how I was feeling, how my mama perceived me, everything, just how I was feeling, how I was perceiving life is just that self-expression. That should be completely what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, 100%. Like, even in a video, I really didn't paint the picture because you got to be careful with the pictures you paint. You know, like, I'm not going to lie. I done manifest a lot of shit I haven't wanted. I manifest a lot of shit I do want, but I'm not trying to repaint no old pictures. And that's yeah. me and how I'm perceiving life right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get me wrong. I'm going to paint some pictures, but it's just certain shit. I'm you not, don't want to put out there in the universe and get that come back to you. Exactly. Like, I'm not trying to remanifest a lot of shit, bro. I, but, <laughs> well, you, I know you believe in it, but how important is it? This is another tangent, but I, I like these. How important is it do you think it's for people to understand that the universe works where whatever you whatever you put into you you're the creator almost of your own universe to where it, if you believe something gonna happen, you're gonna manifest. It's very important, bro. Yeah, and people gonna understand that with me as they come through come with me through this journey. They're gonna understand my the importance, how how much I believe in it. And also to speak with you on the, about the line when I said that uh Jesus piece, um, that's just a, a line of self expression of of my personal beliefs, I'm a very open person. I'm I'm not religious, nor do I have a problem with religious views. I feel like, you know, everything, you know, I take what I fuck with, I fuck with it. I, I'm not against the Bible, you know. It got some cold lines in that bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I'm I, I fuck with what I fuck with, bro. If it's if it's if it touch me, it touch me. If it don't, it don't. You know what I'm saying? One hundred percent. I think that's brave really? you to put that song to to show your honesty of what you yeah, believe. Yeah, and that's some tough shit to do. You know what I'm saying? Well, my mama is a heavy Christian. She 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 didn't come to see me today because she went to church. You know what I'm saying? Like me and my little brother, I ain't seen anything in two three years. You know what I'm saying? But it's like you know that's just me being open. You know what I'm saying? Putting that honesty out there for people to perceive however they do. You know, it's a self expression. Like Jay Z said, I really don't care. 
You know, it's art, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It has a quote, a, a no artist ever needed a critic, you know what I'm saying? Art that, never needed a critic, you know what I'm saying? So. And that's something that we live in that we don't even realize because if you go back to Michelangelo and all them, they were just making art, they were free. Yeah, they had people who were like, oh, this is worth this, but nowadays people take in, I know people can be like, well, how can you say that you have a podcast? I don't give a damn. At this point, <laughs> art is, is over-criticized at a certain point. And, and, it, and there's no point in that, you know, of course everybody feels the need, you know, with, with everybody having a platform, everybody yeah. be heard of, you know what I'm saying, which is not bad, you know what I'm saying, by all means, be heard. That might take you somewhere, you know what I'm saying, that drive or whatever. But no, 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 I don't need no critic, bro. That's like people trying to describe, uh, you know, uh, Michael Angelo picture. Like, you don't know what that nigga was thinking. That was a thousand years ago. You know what I'm saying? But it looked nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just, you know, it is what it is. I would love to explain a lot of shit, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm into that shit. Like, I can have a lot of conversations explaining a lot of shit so people can understand. But at that same time, that's my art. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my self-expression. Just that's because you have an opinion on it doesn't mean that doesn't lessen the value of it. It doesn't, bro. And let me tell you one one thing for sure. Um, you know, me being curious at a young age bought me everything I was looking for. And I tell people, you know what I'm saying? When you be curious, you find everything you're looking for. Now, this is not to knock, you know, anything, but this is my perception. A lot of religious people don't do a lot of research because obviously... They just believe what they told yeah, your the doctrine or whatever is gonna tell you to to commit to that, you know what I'm saying? And and to not commit to it is what? Why would you not commit? Because what? Of fear, you know what I'm saying? Fear is yeah. what they use, you know what I'm saying? And I was I felt that. <laughs> like me just going through life and trying to figure this shit out. I felt that fear. I'm like, why do I feel a fear if I'm, you know what I'm saying, engaging in this and I wanna believe? Why is it fear attached to it? It shouldn't be about, it shouldn't be a based upon, oh, I do this because of fear. No, I should do this because of, of faith. And, and no, I feel, I feel you. And that's exactly, why bro. Like in my life, I have a conversation about any religion and people be scared for me. What, yep. you know, why are you even scared for me right now? You know what I'm saying? Like fear should be not involved in it at all. Nope. It should be about loving and, and embracing the religion. It shouldn't be, I do this because I'm scared. Yeah, real simple, bro. Like simple as possible, really. Mm. And that's that. That's beautiful to hear you say because that, like for me, for example, I I am a person. I believe in God, but like in a time in my life, I'm not. I don't go to church every week. I don't believe in how religion constitutes things. I believe that everybody's supposed to have their own relationship with the higher power, it, it, right. whether it's the universe, whether it's God, whatever you believe in. I just don't feel like the construct of religion is the way to get, go about it. And it took me a while to find that. I'm not going to lie. I, I was agnostic at a point. I had my time where I was questioning. But just because you, I think you're supposed to question instead of never questioning devotedly believe in something that you may not be sure about. Bro, right. How do you get rich if you don't question it? You'll never nope. make it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so for you to not be able to apply that to every area of your life, but just look at how life lay out. If you really look at it, you know what I'm saying? If you like actually think about shit, like a lot of shit don't make sense. And it ain't like weird or, you know, something like that's just so hard to believe. You know what I'm saying? It just is what it is sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And but, I think that's a major problem in the black community because if you look at us, we're the type, we're the, the, the race of all of that don't like to question it in that, like you said, my mom, just like your mama, devote Christian. And, and if you ask most 
African Americans, you say they would say their mom was devout Christian. So that's something that I think as a as a people we gotta overcome. Think about this. I got a lot of friends who perceive me a certain type of way because of it. You know what I'm saying? Ruined our relationship. I could believe it. You know what I'm saying? On some shit. And it's like, why would that happen when my character exactly. changed? You know what I'm saying? Me as a person. I haven't, I've grown, but I haven't changed, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just weird to me that you can see through, you know what I'm saying? Like, that blocks your whole vision. Your to vision? me, that, to me, if I'm that person that's, that's the friend, I think it, it strengthens our friendship because it allows us to have conversations to where we can talk about this open and, and figure out our beliefs to get, like, nah, that's, like, that's nothing you hide and run from. That's something you embrace. Exactly, bro. And, like, by all means, I, I tell people to stick to it. You know what I'm saying? They believe in it. Yeah, me too. Whatever they, what pleases them, you know, whatever keep your soul right, whatever keep you rolling, you know what I'm saying? Because everybody, I'm not going to say everybody's fear is what it is for them, but just a wide majority. People unconsciously, they don't even pay attention, but just me having conversations with people and me watching them and seeing their body language and how they react to a lot of shit, I understand what it is, you know what I'm saying? But to each his own, you know what I'm saying? No, 100%. I'm glad we, we got into that because I, I love these types of things. So next thing, to get back to the music. What made you choose, because you only had three features, what made you choose Trey Lewis for Mega Love Vibes? Because that, that song, to me, goes super hard. Man, Trey Lewis is a legend, bro. Like, I remember the first time I ever seen Trey Lewis perform, he had me shook. You know what I'm saying? Um, one of my partners used to throw this um, event called What's On Your Mind. Shout out to them boys. Blaze Jose and... um. My bro, um, AJ. Shout um, out. Shout out, bro. That was my first time ever performing. I met a lot of legends there, bro. Like, to this day, a lot of people in BR who on the underground side on some different shit, not really with the Louisiana sound. But they really, what's really going on is they're constructing their own sounds. And they, they're going to be presented to the world soon. People don't grasp it, but I'm, I'm, I'm knowing what's going on because I'm an artist and I just see how they're coming. And it's going to be some legendary shit, bro. I'm, I got 100% confident confidence in these people, but Trey Lewis is just a legend. We built a relationship, you know what I'm saying, two, three years ago, bro. We, I, I take that back. We built a relationship a long time ago, bro, high school type shit. You know what I'm saying? That's when we was doing them shows, but, like, just over the years, we always kept a relationship. Like, we just linked up, you know what I'm saying? He, This nigga is crazy because he just always got this vibe and aesthetic to everything he do. Like, even when we link into music, it's just always a vibe, you feel me? Like, I just feel that, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a whole vibe, you know what I'm saying? Like, every time we go into a situation. So, um, man, that's, Trey, we just, he's just a down-to-earth, a real, dude, yeah. dude, he's a real nigga, you know what I'm saying? Like, period, like, an organic individual. We we talk about a lot of shit, you know? It just came natural. brother, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know he gonna, I know Trey Lewis gonna be gone for a couple months, and then he gonna hit me up and pull up that day. And buy some smoke and yeah, what up, little brother? Let's play some yeah. music and we're gonna talk. You know what I'm saying? Talk about life and you know what I'm saying? This is gonna be a vibe, no one hundred percent. I think it's a whole vibe, bro. He gonna pull up with a bottle, you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, it's gonna be natural. And you can hear you can hear that relationship y'all have on the song. Shit, yeah, bro. And he the type of person, he all about the, the energy, bro, and he's not gonna fuck with everybody, he's not gonna make music with everybody and me and Trey. We've been working, we've been knowing each other for years, and we only dropped two songs. We done made probably about 10, 12 songs, you know what I'm saying? But, but only two been dropped. Only two been dropped. They just show you how this music the rela- No, like, that, to me, that shows the relationship of you guys. Like, yeah. y'all, it's not about this. Like, it's not just, oh, yeah, we're going to just do me. No, it's y'all real friends. And whether it come Definitely. out or not, y'all still going to have y'all vibe and, and create together. 
Right. And we understand each other, bro. It's a lot that don't have to be said. And that's a beautiful thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, 100%. So you get, you, we get from mega love, mega love uh, vibes. You get the oatmeal. I want to get the season pass. You talk to me a little bit about season pass. And did Man. you make that beat? Talk to me, creation of that song. Man, that shit crazy, bro. That season passing, bro. Um, that's my shit. That's just self-expression on full blast. That's me crying on the beat, really. You feel me? That's what yeah. I like. That's me just crying on that bitch, bro. Um, I seen a lot of shit in my life, bro. Like I just put how I perceive life. I seen um, one of my big brothers was locked up. You feel me? And I just seen the family perceive him with mama like they didn't know his character. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I just, you know what I'm saying? A lot of shit when I see shit like that, it fuck my head. But you know what I'm saying? Also, I've seen people perceive me in a manner like they don't know my character. Like, they couldn't see. Man, watch how, your, watch how your friends treat you when they see you struggling. Pay attention mm. to it. And you know, you know who struggling. really your friends. Real talk, but you, like, not seeing why they look. You know what I'm saying? They look at you. know They really look at you a certain type of way, but pay attention to that shit real talk. But it's just that. You know what I'm saying? Me perceiving life and just taking it for what I felt. And, and that's when it came out. Like that's me on on that wine in the studio, just crying on the beat, like what I, how I feel. And I really made that for my big brother. You know, what I'm saying? I wanted him to keep. You know what I'm saying? Keep his head up. Yeah, you know, once you're going through life, bro, and you perceiving this shit, and you build these habits, and you hearing people talk, to, speak on your name a certain type of way, you start to believe it. You lose yourself, man. This is a nigga who helped me build me. You know yeah, a lot of shit I got, I got from this nigga. And he losing himself because of other people. And you try to make sure he keep himself. You gotta, yeah, bro. Like that shit important, bro. Like that's you, real. You know what I'm saying? No. Like, you no, not to cut you off. That's something I can tell just from hearing you. It's like you a, a common phrase through this whole interview has been about your character, about about integrity. To me, it's about yeah. about not losing yourself. Perception. How important is maintaining your integrity to you? Bro, it's most important, bro. I think about, you know what I'm saying, as much as I love and give, and I feel like I've been overgiven, I still don't think I've been selfish enough yet. And it's crazy because perception for you, I, I, I'm I, here with another quote. But it was uh, some dude who said, the most selfish thing you could do is try to help somebody. It's crazy as shit. Yeah. That's tough. No, that's, that's real. <laughs> real shit, but... I, I got caught up in that a lot in life because I always think about myself. And I remember when I was hurt and I was in situations. When I was in the backseat hungry and I ain't had no money for food and everybody eating, I remember when I felt like that. You know what I'm saying? And was in a place where I couldn't speak up on it, an uncomfortable place, you know what I'm saying? An insecure place, you know what I'm saying? So that's where my help come in. That's why I be trying to help people because I know how I feel to be there. You know yeah, and you've been through that. No, 100%. And I think you hear all of that in season past, and that's why I was so excited to dive into this. The next one is a banger. We get to Deuce Deuce. How do you pronounce your feature man, his name, bro? And talk to me Pico. about why you chose him as well. Pico the Plus Man, bro. Um, Pico the Plus Man, word. He's a legend, bro. Like, that nigga sounds like his, his whole... He he the type of nigga, bro, and I ain't never spoke on this shit either, but he the type of nigga, when I listen to his music, it boosts my ego. He really turned okay. me up. You feel me? Like, he turned me up. Like, if you go lock in on his music, it's pressure, bro. It's just a different sound, and it's so hard to me because it's like, he got that, that rugged, that ratchet city just that, that it's just rough. It's just tough. It's grimy as a bitch, you feel me? But it's just straight hustler music, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? It's straight hustler music, and it's like, 
you know what I'm saying? You remember how Boo used to be flashing on, like how YB flashing on the track. He like the same way to me. Yeah. It's just the beat selection is different, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's the only difference is the beat selection, bro. But he and really- it's funny, y'all tapped into that vibe on that one. Oh, yeah, for sure. That that shit was right down his alley. Like, I knew, I know what people fuck with. You know what I'm saying? I, I listen to music, and I know what people, who I can hear with them. Every yeah. time I, I hit them on that bitch before I put them on that bitch, you feel me? So that song, you know what I'm saying? And then shout out to Rich Porter. Rich Porter really locked in the deal for me, because me and Pico, we've been cool. We just never, like, we locked in on some music shit, like, three years ago in the studio. But we ain't never putting that out, you know what I'm saying? And when it's the first time y'all got to lock in, lock in. Yeah, like, we done, we been chilling and shit. You know, everybody know each other. But when it comes to business and music, it's just different. You know what I'm saying? It's different getting everybody in their zone. zone you know, on the same page. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's just different. You know what I'm saying? But truly, that's why I picked Pico, bro. Because I'm, I'm a fan of his music. I feel like he a legend. Um, Everybody who's in the project, I feel like a legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's before we get to the next before we talk about Forza's, that, that's a good time. What, what made you talk about putting Chris James and David Stokes on the uh Dave Stokes on the project? Um, bro, I just been fucking with that shit for so long, bro, since high school. Like all these people I've been fans of, bro, and I feel like I'm just not getting a chance to work with them. You know what I'm saying? Like Chris James when they was dream team back in high school, bro, like they've been Chris James was really one of the first people like just for me, I'm not speaking on what everybody else know. I'm not trying to start no debate, but no, for me, sure. you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying because it's a lot. Yeah, of you talk just, yeah, niggas gonna get off that that crazy shit, man. We just talking about yeah. your opinion right now, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just how I speak, bro. That's how I speak. But shit, um, that was like one of the first groups I really seen really rapping. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I remember like in high school. Then it was like. I mean, you know, they had click tight middle school. You know, these people who, but that was just some whole other shit, like click tight and all them other little clicks they had. That was like some whole other shit. I'm talking about like more in my, like, yeah, area. high school. Yeah, like they were, yeah. they was really years ahead type shit, click tight. And like they were ahead of their time type shit. But this is like prime time, like in our life, like who popping, who not popping, who doing something. Who you know what I'm saying, who you see, who you don't see. You know, you seen Dream Team. Chris James, I've been fucking with his shit, you know what I'm saying, for a long time. Um, Dave Stokes been fucking with his shit for a long time. Me and Stokes been doing shit since I was in high school, since I was a little nigga. You know what I'm saying? I just always like was like amazed with this nigga, like how he constructed his flow, his sound. Like when I was still finding my sound, I first started recording. I was working with Stokes. We've been working, you know what I'm saying? But I never put a lot of shit out because of me finding my sound. I'm just growing it all. Yeah, he, he, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, he's good. You know what I'm saying? Like, now you feel like it's so funny at point to where it's like, now I'm ready to go to told you what you was on the song. It's personal. I definitely, I definitely feel like with everybody on that is like everybody, all of us, they can make on some shit. They can be on some shit. I probably eat them on some shit. It's like, I'm all struck by self different man. You know what I'm saying? And I know all of us happening like it. Yeah. I feel like we pressure like it. And it really, really big like it. You know what I'm saying? Just see how everybody works different. Being that you're a quote, man, you know the common quote. Steel sharp and steel, baby. Real talk, real talk, no cap. Like, it's built like that for real. And I just to throw them a shout out just to say it um, off the strength, the two people who really 
like right now, as far as me going through life, who I feel like had the most effect on me recording is um definitely Trey Lewis and Chris James. They Chris James Chris James just he an animal in that bitch, bro. He like like a a gorilla in a small cage with bananas in front of him. Like he going. For real. He's like, I'm a, no I need to check out his uh his solo stuff because I like the feature. Man, I need to check out his stuff. So crazy, bro. So crazy. And Trey Lewis. Okay, a vibe like I be like really in my life in my I'm like damn this nigga done you know it's just him being him and it's just how he coming but it be a whole aesthetic like it be some very memorable shit like some shit I could see vividly now I could put in the movie you know what I'm saying like, bro that's that's one dude I'll say from BR that I need to need to need to link with like from from hearing you talk about Trey for to Jira to hearing his music it's time I gotta. I mean, if Trey, you listen to this, we got a link, fam. <laughs> he a classic nigga. Like, I know me and Trey Lewis, in the future, we're going to be sitting in mansions, in robes, drinking wine, smart, smoking big blunts and six cigars and shit. Like, <laughs> at a fireplace type shit. Like, I'm telling you, like, that's just, when you know your nigga, you know your nigga. Know your nigga, yeah. Real talk. Like, I know we're going to do some shit. I just see it, like, us living like that on some cozy shit. Like, yeah, we did all that shit, nigga. Like, I can hear that. Well, um, speaking on that, that lavish like, let's talk to about one of my favorite songs, Forbes List. Talk to yeah. me just about the creation of that song and what the vibe he was going to. Man, it's so crazy because when I made Forbes List, I was, I was homeless, no cap. Like I made this well, yeah. when I was homeless, bro. Yeah, I just got like, yeah, it was crazy. But um, my cousin sent me the beat, and um, he sent me two beats, and it wasn't even a beat, but one of the beats for name was Tiptoe. So immediately, like when I heard the beat, I was like come through till so like that's the first thing I thought about. I was just outside walking in the street, bro, no cap. And see, I that, thought you was giving a shot love to Rip Rap. I was like, all right, it's going in his forces. No cap. I was like I wanted to I ain't gonna say I was, but I wanted to incorporate that in my um, that, yeah, in the song. I'm not even the song, just in the marketing type shit. And that's a whole okay. sneak drop because I'm not even I'm in the process but yeah, y'all gonna see it. I wanted to really incorporate that in the marketing and the promotion. It was definitely gonna be a shout out for him because it definitely was inspired by him. But just far as like, it wasn't too much in depth thinking about real for us. You know, no, well, okay. You no, know, I thought about him as soon as I said it. But, but it wasn't like no conscious, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was more so tiptoe. Tip, and I always went rocking my Air Force Ones, you feel me? So I'm like, that's some shit people could correlate with, you know what I'm saying? Especially in Louisiana. You know, Hell yeah. So, I'm about to put on for the boot. Then not only that, I'm about to put on for, you know what I'm saying, everybody who want to be successful. Like, this some, like see, I got a thing where I like to listen to music that motivate me, but it ain't cheesy, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, feel like I think there's a fine line. Yeah, bro, real talk. Like, And I feel like that's where my shit going to come in. Like, I could be on some conscious shit, but I know cheesy shit. Trey Lewis could be on some conscious shit, but that's gonna, that bitch going to vibe. It ain't going to be cheesy, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's where shit go left with conscious, bro. And, and it's it funny. Easy. <laughs> and it's like, funny you say that you was going for the inspirational music and not cheesy. Because I told my, you see, now every time I'm like trying to, to to do this music, now that I got a, a girl that I really like her music opinion, I, yeah. I told her about you. She was like, man, this sound like some 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 inspirational, makes you want to get out your bed and go do something. And I was, it's funny you say it because I just had that conversation earlier today. Yeah, bro. Like that's exactly what it's about, and and more so than inspiration, bro. 
it's me speaking shit into manifestation, bro. Like, of course I'm saying, like, little slick shit, like, all of my women built like horses, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's some shit my women hear, and they like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's some shit people hear, like, around the table. Like, yeah, that nigga do fuck with bad bitches who really be wrong. You know what I'm saying? That's some shit. Nigga. No, for sure. But then it's some real shit, but at the same time, it's me saying, like, you know what I'm saying, wait till my mama see me on the fourth. You know what I'm saying? Like, on the fourth, wait till yeah. this happen, bro. Like, this shit gonna happen. Like, as much know, as it's inspiration for others, it's manifesting for yourself as well. For myself, this is some shit I could listen to and close my eyes, and I know that I'm seeing good shit. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm seeing that success come in. Now I'm seeing myself on tour. Now I'm seeing, you know what I'm saying? Now I'm seeing me inspiring other people. You know what I'm saying? Do some shit. You know what I'm saying? Hell so, yeah! That's it's on some shit like that. Like me visualizing a lot of shit and just. Just some real straight positive shit. Some shit my mama could be proud of. My mama love my music. A lot of it. A lot of shit she don't fuck with. Um, not that she don't fuck with it, like it's not good. It's just hard for her to listen to. Listen that's to it, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But my mama is a is a strong supporter of my shit. She fuck with my shit heavy. You know what I'm saying? Like she know I do this shit. She know I'm gonna blow with this shit. Like my mama been telling me every other day you gonna blow. You know what and I'm that's I feel, how important is it for that to you? Because knowing that hearing from your voice. And hearing everything you said, I, I can tell you and your mom have a, a close relationship. How important is it to just have someone in, in that corner just, like, mm-hmm. believing just as much as you, if not more? I'm going to tell you one thing. It's more important to me than I probably even know. But I'm appreciative of it. You feel me? Like, I haven't... Never in my life is one thing I could say. You know what I'm saying? Although we, me and my mama had our struggles and differences, my mama ain't never tell me I couldn't do nothing. And that stuck with me for my whole life. And I'm conscious of it because as I be around kids and I listen to what they parents, like it's hard for me to be around a lot of kids because, you know, their parents don't be hitting on them. But I I really pay attention because my mama just never told me that shit. It was, it was different. Yeah. So, like, like, my mama never told me I couldn't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, she'll boost my shit before she tell me I, couldn't, I can't do something. You know what I'm saying? So, so with me I'm having that, that. that mindset young, you know, it got to a point where I didn't care if my mama supported me or not. Like, it didn't matter to me. I didn't care what she was saying or what, the, what she was doing. That's me as an individual. Some people care. But maybe that's because of the habits I built mentally. Like, I didn't give a fuck what nobody said, really. Because you knew she supported you from jumping. She told you you could do whatever you put your mind to. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Her saying that as a kid, me going through life, it just didn't stick with me. You know what I'm saying? I knew my mama knew that I could do something. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of shit I did, like you say, she supported me. So, you know, when we did have our times, you know, it didn't bother me, but, you know, I can say, even my pop, that nigga support me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I fuck with it. He was just telling me he's saying my shit. You know, they don't really know what to do or nothing. You know what I'm saying? But Yeah, like, they, but, they, but they show you the love and the support. And I think that's just as important. The online radio or some shit. He like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, appreciate that, you know what I'm saying? That's fire. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, And I can relate to that because, like, my, my people never did it, and that's why... I, I, that's why I feel like I relate to music so much because my people ain't never did that either. They always say, whatever you do, you just got to work hard and put your mind to it. But we believe you can do anything. Like, And, yeah. and, I, and I feel like as a parent, that's something you got to gotta do. do. bro. Like, even if, hey, bro, that shit stick with you, bro. And it, it every, does. It everything really does. Really, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I be telling people, and I've been having these conversations a lot more often. A lot of shit, like, been coming up from my past, the quotes and shit my dad say. And my dad used to always tell me, you know what I'm saying, uh, you keep a, a clean cut and some fresh shoes, they'll never know how much money in your pocket. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, shit like that stick with me now, because a lot of people are broke, but they be fresh as a bitch all the time. And you don't know? And you don't know. Well, no. I mean, you know, you know, depending on how you perceive in life, but, you know, it's just what's going on, bro. That, and that's real as hell. Real shit. You'll think they got it out, figured out. Yeah. No, yeah. hell yeah. Let's get to the last song, Sacrifices, because I want, I want to get to some rapid-fire questions before we finish up. Talk yeah. to me about Sacrifice. I thought that was the perfect way to close the album. Just talk to me just about the vibe of that and what made you choose that song to close down. Sacrifices is one of my favorite songs I ever wrote. I wrote that shit three years ago, bro. That's the oldest song on the project, bro. And it's crazy. It feels so, it feels so now. Right. Because it's still very relevant in my life. You know what I'm saying? But it's just me. That's more of me speaking. Like like I say, it's most me coming straight out of high school. Me, like when I was... I believe I was just moving out on mama shit when I made that, or some somewhere between. But it's like even through high school, I was in and out of my mama house. You feel me? Like a lot of people know that, a lot of people don't know that. You know what I'm saying? So I've been in and out the house like since like my junior year type shit, sophomore year type shit. I was in and out, moving around, staying different places and shit. And and not to say like my mama ain't like the sickest mama, but you know we had our differences because I was strong minded. Like like I said at the beginning of that song, like. I had my, you can't, you couldn't tell me shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just wasn't, it just couldn't, bro. <laughs> yeah, you, you had your ways. Yeah, but I had that's, my, but, that's, but that's about growing and maturing and getting, yeah. getting to where you're at now. Exactly. Like, I definitely am, am more receptive to a lot of shit, but um, Sacrifices, bro, that bitch was just, it is what, like like I say, a lot of my shit is, is what it is, bro. It's just, that self-expression is, is what it was, bro. Talk, I put up the episode, you know what I'm saying, like of me and my mama, you know what I'm saying, where she had pulled like all my lean down, like jumped down the drain and shit. She had found my my bottles of lean and shit and pulled all that shit down, you know what I'm saying, just talking about hustling, you know what I'm saying, like yeah, how we sacrificed, bro. I just felt like like on some real shit, on some major shit, like just to tell you my vision and dream on some crazy shit. I really want to like. Young boy and Lil Wayne on that bitch, because I feel like it's a Louisiana anthem. Like, I feel like who can relate to that bitch? Like, at one point, we've now seen our mama struggle. You know what I'm saying? Well, at least. No. No. That's, that's 100%. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? For, for most people, bro. You know what I'm saying? Who live in, you know what I'm saying? Everybody ain't have, you know, all set up, you know, all laid out. But, you know what I'm saying? For most people, you've seen your parents struggle. If you was aware, you know what I'm saying? I was very aware, you know. You know what I'm saying? So see, that's, that's the difference. Some people are not even aware, but when you're aware and you see it, that's one of the most painful things. Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? Shit, and let's put it in the air right now, man. We're going to definitely, we want to get Wayne and, and uh, Young Boy on that song, man. I'm going to put that in the atmosphere for you right now. Yeah, that'll be let's, let, let's get him on that remix. Bro, I feel like it's an anthem. Like, everybody. It really is. Ain't nobody moving around, and it ain't just gotta be no street like shit, bro. You sacrifice. They got women working three jobs right now, bro. And yeah. sacrifice, like sacrifice is a universal thing. Everybody has to at some point sacrifice something to whether it's sacrifice this time to make more money for your kids, or sacrifice this to for your relationship. That everybody has different sacrifices. You can relate that many different ways. Right, bro. We sacrifice just to live, bro. Like, you know. Hell yeah. No, you absolutely, bro. I we kick you. You kicking knowledge in this one. Hey, it's what I do. It's what I do. What the fuck can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, let's get to the rapid fire. But before we get to the rapid fire, tell the people where they can find your project in the Interstellar, the Interstellar, the Rebirth. Yeah, family man. Look, Interstellar streaming everywhere. Okay, yeah, Apple Music, Spotify, Deezer, 
You feel me? All that, the whole nine, you'll find that bitch everywhere. Fuck this SoundCloud, Tidal? SoundCloud, YouTube, Tidal, everything. 100%. Y'all make sure y'all go check that, and we're going to mention it again. We're going to mention it again at the end of the conversation, but I wanted to do that just since we finished the, the quote-unquote, the meat of the, the interview. Now we get to the fun stuff, what I like. Not saying that the first part not the fun stuff, because I love it all, but yeah. we get to the rapid fire. Let's do it. Hell yeah. First question, are you an ass man or a tit man? Man, I'm an ass man. Off the, <laughs> hey, off the pieces, bro. Hell yeah. Now, yeah. Now, 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 let me ask you, would you rather a woman with uh, a decent-sized uh, titty, with nice titties, and a, a, a whatever booty, or a decent booty and whatever titty? Man, I love booty, bro. I love the yam cakes, okay? I'm with you. I'm with you. It is, is, you know what I'm saying? They all right. You know, I ain't even worried about them. Bro, me neither. The bra, bro, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) They under the pee, you feel me? I don't care. I, you know, suck on the nipple. You know If they out, they out. If they not, they not. It's whatever. Ain't even that deep. (laughs) Hell yeah. The next one I got, so... I have this question to a lot of the BR artists that I see who who come out that 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 don't sound like the typical Louisiana sound. We mentioned that. What do you think's in the water that makes people like yourself, Jyra, Caleb Brown, uh, Jose Xavier, Michael Armstead, all, uh, Deshaun, all these different great BR artists that don't sound like the typical Boosie, whether young boy? Why do you think that is? Well, it's definitely music influence, bro. It's just simply what we are, what we consume ourselves with. It's what we fuck with. You know what I'm saying? And that's why we gonna, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, what we consume. Do you think it's... Like, I think it's really that. You know what I'm saying? It's what you like. Like, I'm the type of person, bro, if I like it, I want to make something like it. Not necessarily, like, a mimic of it, but yeah. I want to... Like, I want to make... I feel like Wayne, I want to make rock music. I feel like I could do that shit and make a fucking hit and hit the billboards. I feel like I can make some fucking jazz, too. And I feel like I can, you know what I'm saying? Like You best. just want to make whatever comes to you. You don't want to have a box put around you. Exactly. See, this is what I, I can't, put, you, can't put no box around me, bro. It's hell yeah. I see, I think that the BR sound is, we've expected the certain, the gate, the young boy, the boozy. And I feel like there's just been a groundswell of, People like yourself, the creators, not being heard. And I feel like that's why you guys are making some of the best music at this time because we have years of people and creators not being heard. And now it gets to this generation and it's going to burst. And yeah. you guys will get heard. See, it's, we the most definitely will, bro. I believe it. And I'm like, I like I say, I, I, I label these people as legends for a reason, bro. It's because I truly believe it. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't speak on it for anything. So, um, it's really just timing with us, bro. Like, it'll be different if it was like, all right, say this. Like, be all right now. The people who are popping, okay, most of it is, is it sounds good, or it could be developing. But it's street material, you know what I'm saying? Yep. With the right, you know what I'm saying, capture of image, imagery, you know what I'm saying? Like, how they're capturing the, um, the, the growth. Pre- of, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the whole presentation from the beginning. High look. Yeah. So it's like once people see that and like a lot of you, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if people talk about this, but really niggas got like investors, you know what I'm saying? Like bad. No, people. yeah, they got yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I feel you. Like that's what it, like, you know what I'm saying? So with with that type of shit and your 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 hometown being the majority, like 
on some, you know what I'm saying? Some, on some street shit, yeah. It, you know, that's your market. So, of course, you can flourish. Like, if I was majority, honestly, bro, like, real shit, like, like on some, this is some way back shit. Like, I done did shows with Fredo, like, in high school before they was really popping like this. Sheesh. And, and they was like, man, I fuck with your shit. I done had, like, niggas been fucking with my shit, bro. It's just, you know, Wait, niggas, it's time. You know, yeah, it's, it's it's all about you know how, what you present, you know what I'm saying. And, and I, I was on some, like, like some street shit, which I just don't want to project that image, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like it's a lot that come with that, especially on the platform. Like that's a whole lot of extra shit. Like I'm preservative of my energy. Like I don't even feel like talking to niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like no, and don't put that energy. Because when you put that energy out, you get that energy back. Right, but I ain't not literally. You know what I'm saying? Like of course. I'm aware of what you know who to invest in this end, but I'm just saying like the interest you learn. Got no, no, no. I was talking about the the, the the way the reason why you say you don't want to do that street shit because oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you put that energy out, you gonna get that back because there's a lot that come with that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's people who live to prove like try to prove people wrong, and they for huh. their life surrounds. You know, I don't. Because look, if you come out and say, "Oh yeah, I'm the big bad, I'm the street, I'm the big," what's to say that yeah. oh somebody not gonna come test your gangster, and then that's more problems for yeah, you and your family. They definitely will, bro. I expect them to, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's what they do. You know what I'm saying? But, you know what I'm saying? I don't, you know, through our life, you know, it didn't happen a couple of times, but, you know, it's been, it's been fine. Everything's been lovely. Uh, you know, Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But uh, I think it's interesting you say that people don't realize about these investors and the money that put behind things. That's something that I, that at, at, that at the network we talk about all the time. Like, not all these artists, you think are are just doing this and they just blow up instantly oh, all these different no. networks. No, there's money behind them. Like the stuff that we doing, like the people on this, the underground stuff, like we doing this on the strength of us. Like, right. Straight hustling going on. You know what I'm saying? Not the night niggas who really did it in the streets and came up. Cause a lot of niggas eating in the streets. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of niggas doing what they do and they doing it well. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. But not even just been some of the, some of the, just the backpack rappers got, Oh, this random investor behind it. Yeah, no cap, and, and that's facts, bro. And you know what I'm saying? With us, like, I know a lot of these niggas firsthand, you know what I'm saying? I chill with these niggas for years. I've been on these niggas, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, like I said, we be just getting off the mud, figuring this shit out, you know what I'm saying? It's different when, if you know, like, that's just like, you know what I'm saying? Not even, I don't even know anybody approaching you with a bag who willing to help you figure it out. It's different when you just got you and your little brother or you and your partner yep. trying to figure this shit out, and y'all don't have nobody who actually got the knowledge y'all need. You know what I'm saying? Like I say, you got to be curious. To you got to go find it. Figure that. it out. Yeah, like, you'll never come across the information. And like I say, we all getting there slowly but surely. You know what I'm saying? Our Spotify numbers rising up. Our, all our numbers rising up. You know what I'm saying? You can see it. You know what I'm saying? You can see the growth. You know and now with the internet, you can learn anything you want. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got partners getting checks off this shit now. You know what I'm saying? Some big, some small, but surely that's progress from just being Hell yeah. Two three years ago, doing you know local local shows, and I got partners traveling doing shows out of state. I didn't do a couple out of state myself. Right now, I'm not. Congratulations, because now I got to tell any nigga that's making up their music and up their dream. Congratulations, because that's um, that's what we as a creative. That's what we aspire for. Not that because even if I always say this, I don't have to get paid a dime. I'm still gonna make these podcasts. But yeah. if if you get paid for what you do creatively, you got to create, congratulate that creative because it's Definitely. you made something that, that you love doing and you can make money off of what you love. There's nothing better than that. Right. Who's to say, I don't know. I feel like, 
like, I did it got a dude named Tay Lopez or Ty Lopez, you know what I'm saying? He say, he had a quote, and he might be quoting somebody else, but he say, for, for the most part in life, you get what you deserve. And he says, the world is not yet a crazy enough place to reward undeserving people. So, you know what I'm saying? I say that to say, you know what I'm saying? A doctor brings more value than a McDonald's worker. You know what I'm saying? Facts. And they're going to get with it, yeah. A fucking robot to make a sound for you. And, and that's coming like, soon. Real shit, like your phone is unlocking from your face. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got a double <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, Yo, low key, that shit scares the shit out of me. It's, it's crazy, bro. Like, all I mean, that, like, I don't watch too many sci fi movies to know what's coming next. Exactly, bro. And I'm interested in seeing. I'm trying <laughs> right now. It's all about uh, self adaptation, bro. No, you you're right. Motherfucker. So I didn't already told. I didn't already told everybody. I know the moment that we can get uh, exoskeletons and all that shit. Oh, I'm a huh, put it on me. I'm about to. Huh, I'm gonna be a quick superhero real quick. We got a lot to figure out, bro. We got a lot to figure out these next couple of years. No cap. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ne- okay, so let's get to the next rapid fire question. If you could go anywhere on vacation, where would it be? Um, shit, right now, for Costa Rica. Um, that's what I'm For real? Costa Rica. 100%. Um, I want to go to the island. I want to just... That trip. tropical vibe. I'm in a definitely, yeah. Um, I definitely got a tropical background, so that's just my way of just saying it. But I, um, I um, just want, like, right now I'm in a place where I really appreciate appreciating life, you know what I'm saying? And I've been tripping like a motherfucker, so I'm definitely gonna go somewhere and trip. I'm like hell yeah, I be on yeah, I be tripping. Shit, be on that, be on that vibe. No, one hundred percent. Next question: What's your favorite food? Yeah, uh, definitely hibachi, bro. Japanese and my favorite food for forever. Uh, shrimp, the shrimp fried rice and the hibachi is hit different, bro. Shit, I'm surprised you say you want to go to Japan. Hey, Japan to be. I would love Japan. I want to. I'm gonna travel the world, bro. I got a okay. lot of. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm gonna go. You got a lot of. But the first place you want to go, you want to get that tropical vibe, bro. Yeah, hey, I just want to, you know, just chill in the sun and just, you know. Hell yeah. Appreciate that. You know, Japan. That's a lot of um, a lot of artificial stuff, electricity, electronic shit. I want. But to at the same time, though, they they do have. I will say, yes, they. That's Tokyo. But if you go into like Japan, Japan, you'll see like. The the old ways that they used to do things, they'll have like mm-hmm. not you'll be you'll see all the temples and that'll be most. Mm-hmm. I feel like you would love that and get like real zen and and see like uh, a technology free world. Definitely love that, bro. I might go live in a temple for like a couple of years. Like I'm living life like that, bro. I'm probably gonna be ducking up all the time, bro. Uh, and speaking on that, the question we ask everybody and oh well, before we get to that. Uh, if being that you're from Louisiana, which one would you prefer if you could only have one for the rest of your life, crawfish or boudin? Oh, crawfish, bro. Ooh, okay. I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. the same way. Only eat. I'm pesky way right now, bro. I don't do the pork, bro. So. Oh, okay. So you're on the pescatarian stuff, just eating fish and uh, seafood. Exactly, bro. Like last year, I started. Um, I went vegan for six months, pesky for the next six months. I came back this year to Louisiana, eating a little chicken. I just fell out that wave, bro. I'm back on my pesky wave, bro. I'm okay, back. so do you prefer that then? Uh, because the hardest thing I, I tell my girl about going pescatarian, but the thing that's hard for me is the chicken. Yeah, see, you get to a point where you get tired of your body disagreeing with the chicken because your body's not gonna agree with the chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes. Yeah, it'll slide. 
but anytime, like, if you really, like, I'm very conscious of myself. Okay. You know, so I feel my body, period. Perfect. You know what I'm saying? I'm just aware of everything. So when I eat chicken, bro, and it go through my body, bro, that shit's saying, hell no, cuz, hell no. It tastes good, but hell no, cuz. Yeah. Oh, you feel me? No, that's, I can't eat certain things no more, man. As we get, I don't eat, like, fast, certain fast food places and some of that, I can't eat that, bro. It just, it, yeah. it make you feel bad. But you get more aware, bro. That's what's going on. The more aware I, you get, the less you can, like, you just can't fuck with it. It's just like, like, I don't drink sodas no more at all. At exactly. all. Like, I have, I ain't gonna spend, I pull up a soda, you know, if I'm pulling up some drink or something, I have a little soda, but it's not something that I do. Every day. Yeah, hell no. Nah. Maybe, like, Three times a month type shit, like. See, that's how I, that's how I am now, cause bro, I used to be on the soda every day, and then when I, last year I stopped for Lent, and I was like, damn, I showed myself, but I got back on, and this year for Lent I was like, I'm, I stopped a little bit before, and I ain't been on it since. And my thing is, I remember when I first stopped, I had headaches for two days, and, and like anything that got a hook on you like that, you gotta let that shit go, cause it's not good for your body. Okay. One hundred percent. And the final question that we ask everybody is this. If you as a writer, director of the Cream of Soup movie, how do you want that movie? Oh, I would love this shit. I'm going to do that shit, bro. Oh, God. I'm going to make a couple movies, bro, because I got the vision. But um, that bitch is going to be very detailed, interesting perception, the aesthetic, everything. It's going to be a work of art, bro. It's definitely going to be a memorial movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be some shit like, all right, for instance, let's give you an example. Steve Jobs, I just watched his movie for the first time. I'm late as hell, you know. But I just watched the movie for the first time. I feel like that bitch, like, I love that movie. Like, I could go watch. I want to take LSD and watch the movie because it was just a beautiful movie. Like, it had me emotionally involved, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, you know, like, like I just fuck with it. And I want people to really see my story and my perception of life, like, how I'm really coming. Like, a lot of people could grasp it if they're around me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got, like, one one person I know who grasped my life very vividly and aware is my little brother, Kobe, B.I.E. Lazy Boy. Y'all gonna know about him. Everybody gonna know a lot of shit, you know, soon, you know what I'm saying? He's the days before the day shit. If you ever hear that shit, that's my shit, days before the day shit, you know what I'm Hell saying? Hell yeah. You know what going on right now, you know what I'm saying? But it's interesting, bro. It's interesting. I feel like just the way I see life is gonna be interesting for people to finally view you know, in a couple of years, because it's very different, you know what I'm saying? I'm very aware of it, no lie. 100%, well, that's the best way to have a movie in and have a movie go. Indeed. Primo, do t- oh. so I cut you off? I'm going to you with the music, you hear me, you see me, I do <laughs> me, I do. Big Hell boy. yeah. Primo, tell the people where they can find you out on social media. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Tell them where they can follow you and tell them where they can get the uh, album once again. Yeah, this is Cremo Soup. I'm checking out. You feel me? Y'all can follow me at Cremo Soup, C-R-E-A-M-O-S-U-P, on um, our social media platforms. And you search that up anywhere. My shit should be popping up pretty soon. As you, you know. So, yeah, y'all fuck with your boy. Um, I appreciate you having me, bro. Like, this is. Like I said, a beautiful thing, bro. I'm excited. I'm ready to promote this bitch. I'm ready to hear this bitch. I appreciate the questions, you know what I'm saying? The, um, Hell yeah. You appreciate my work of art. Like, that, that's the most important shit. To, like, that's the best compliment I could ever get, you know what I'm saying? It's people appreciate you, you know what I'm saying? My work of art. Oh, no, you already know. We Not only do we appreciate it, but we're going to help push it. We're going to help promote it. 
we we just love everything you do. And next time you drop an album, we're gonna have to get you back on the show. Oh, for sure, bro. For sure. The next one's gonna be crazy. I actually got a work of art I'm putting together. Um, a collab project coming soon. I ain't gonna say no names, but hey, yeah, we definitely gonna, gonna be positive. For sure. Hell yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you make sure you guys go follow Cremo Soup and you make sure you go check out Interstellar, the rebirth. But now let's get back to Lyndon and Schubert for Bros Who Ball. gentlemen you know what that sound means it is time for another edition of bros who ball the segment where we talk about sports on the bros you think podcast i'm joined as always by my co-host for this my co-host for this segment mr adam schubert schubert how you doing today brother let's do this so much to talk about (laughs) you know you gotta talk about the pellies and speaking of the pellies i had to bring in the guy who I love talking about the Pellies with on this network and the host of Primetime Podcast. He was the guest co-host on the first part of the segment, Mr. Charles Reese. Charles, how you doing, brother? Look, baby, things going on in Louisiana right now. Scott Woodward, the new AD. Joe Oliva's out. F. King's out. LSU finally wins a midweek game. And the Pelicans got the number one pick in the draft this year. Bruh, when I say I was screaming at my television, I literally woke my girlfriend up mid-sleep. She started yelling. I was like, well, we both yelling because the Pellies just got the number one draft pick. But also because we're talking NBA playoffs and it's NBA season, we're joined by our NBA analyst and correspondent, our basketball analyst, Mr. Justin Batiste. Justin, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing great, man. It's the best time of year, man. NBA playoffs. Look. I know you up a little hurt because I know you wanted the Lakers to get that number one pick. Oh, Just be honest. God. Just be honest. <laughs> hey, I'm not a Lakers fan, man. Stop Just saying to, that. I know, I know. Stop but saying I know that. You, can you be honest with us? Just real quick, you would you have liked to see the Lakers get the number one pick? No. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just, I'm just I'm checking. I'm glad that checking. the Pelicans got, got the number one pick. I'm very All happy right. that we they got, got Pinocchio on set today. That's my hometown, <laughs> that's my hometown, t- hometown team. Oh, look best. at him with the hometown team. Oh, my gosh. Wait, wait, hold on. So this is this is the point where I'm going to ask Lyndon to go dig up some <laughs> the old archives last year where Justin was trying to talk Pelicans. And that's hey, go Pels. He said he did not watch a single Pelicans game. And he like, said he wanted he, he then, wanted Portland to win. Portland. Then they swept Portland. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, that, before, that was last before, year. Before they swept, year. before they swept, he wanted Portland to win. But now we got Zion. But we don't get to all that. I just no ban- to no bandwagon fans, baby. Also, I <laughs> know our guy. I know our guy Schubert's hurting. But we don't get to his hurt in a little bit. Before we get to the NBA stuff, we got a lot of NBA stuff to cover. Just real quick, since we have Charles in the room, and me and Schubert also talk football during on this podcast, I know it's not a big deal because it's the Jets and not a lot of people care about the Jets, but I think this just shows New York has a bunch of clown organizations. I'm going to start with Charles. Charles, what do you think about the, the firing of Mike McCagnan and inserting Adam Gase as the interim GM of the New York Jets? This is a tweet from Connor Hughes, and it says, let the current state of the Jets sink in. They allowed McCagnan to pick the head coach. They allowed him to spend all of their money in free agency. Yeah. And they allowed him to run their draft. And now they fired McCagnan. That's and he said that's incompetence like I've never seen before. Man, this may rival what's going on with the Lakers right now. 
It does. Like, it. no, it really does. If not, it outrank it because the fact that you, and the thing that gets me is you, you hire McCagney and you let him spend all that money on Le'Veon Bell and then Adam Gates comes out today and saying, oh, I don't, don't, I don't, don't even no, really. No, 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 comma, DJ Mosley. Yeah. Yeah. Crowder yeah. and Henry Anderson, a total of $191.2 million on yep. those guys. And Adam Gates said he didn't even really want to sign any of them, except maybe Crowder. Schubert, yeah, what do you think of the McCagnin stuff? I don't know if you can hear me clapping. <laughs> but good for the Jets, dude. Just let it, let it all burn. Because, <laughs> <Is> that... <laughs> you know, and they bring in Adam Gates... And all of a sudden, they just give him the keys. Like Adam yeah. Gase has improved anything enough to be given the keys to an organization. Adam like, Gase, I didn't even think he would, he proved enough to. Yes, he should be an offensive coordinator. I don't know if I wanted him to be a head coach for my team. Exactly. Like his last stop wasn't even wasn't really the most successful stop. And now you're going to give him the entire keys to an organization. And now he's already having issues with your star player that you just gave millions of dollars to. Yeah. Like this is just. A train wreck, and luckily, maybe this train wreck can derail itself faster than the other train wreck in New York. Oh, wait, makes... did I did, wait? Did I mention the other trail wreck? The other uh, train wreck in New York too. Which one are you talking about? Because this all makes of them, they're all train wrecks. <laughs> oh, this I'm sorry, Daniel not, not the so net. Not the Nets. Yeah, the Nets are not a train wreck. I'm yet. talking about you... the team's name, New York. The Brooklyn, oh. Brooklyn, they're straight. <laughs> they're good. <laughs> Because, man, this makes Daniel Jones look better. Charles, I didn't mean to cut you off by going to Schubert. Any other thoughts on this Adam Gase, uh, Mike McCagden situation? I just think it's crazy because I think the Jets have a good young core of, of players exactly. on Exactly. I mean, to me, if I put the two teams on paper against each other, the Jets have a better roster than the Giants. Than the Giants. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, the Jets are, are a better team in terms of what's going on in, in New York. Um, it, it's just I, I just don't understand why you let a guy spend so much money you let him, you know, draft, draft. And he has yeah. the third, third pick in the draft, and then this happens. You know, it's just kind of crazy. Like, the Jets, I think, still have a bright future. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Sam Darnold does in year two. Uh, the effect Le'Veon Bell has in a system without, you know, Big Ben and, you know, an all-star receiver on the outside. So, uh, I mean, look, you know, eventually Tom Brady's going to have to fall in with the way the Jets' young roster looks. They, uh, they may be the team to do it, but... Um, with the I don't know, the, man. With, with the yeah, uncertainty I, yeah. in the front office, it's like you just don't know where you go from here. At least it's not the head coach. That's all I have to say. No, 100%. And, and to your point about how they have a great roster and, and, and a good young roster and it looks better than Giants, I agree 100%. But to your point about who takes over after Brady, at this point with all this stuff, uh, and sure, the Jets can hire somebody and get this back on track. But no, they, I'm liking. They, they can. But they, I'm liking Miami more than the Jets oh, at this point. Oh, oh, get out of here! Yeah, yeah man. That's Ryan kind of a dysfunction Ford. city down there too. Yeah, well, what just, are you just, talking about? That Miami has no one on their roster. Just hear me out. With Blind Flores starting a new, starting a new regime, I just think with having Josh Rosen, having your guy, and then with all these picks, I think they can make you, some moves in a couple of years. You got Josh Rosen, and and that's it. Yeah. I, Miami has lost all of their good players. You know, Kenny Stills may be their best receiver. Uh, they really don't have anything going for them. Their line sucks. Their defense sucks. Look, the, the Dolphins made a push a couple of years ago, but they're in more of a disarray. If you look at the roster, really the Jets are the only one that has a, a, a defense that, you know, can actually go out there and play. The Bills kind of do, but they're yeah. falling the off. Bill, 
the, the Bills, Bills are almost terrible. There. Bills' offense is terrible. They yeah. don't even have. They don't really have a running back. You know, they have yeah. Shady McCoy who can play about six games and spoil so. Avengers Endgame. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I look. I, I just think Miami because of Brian Flores. I'm gonna give him some uh, hope, and I just I just think they can rebuild. But you're right. At this point, the Jets do have a better roster, and they just re- and, and lucky for them. It's not the time where you need a GM. And the thing with letting him draft, you knew Quentin Williams was a was was solid pick, the one that you have. But the problem I have with him doing the draft is for everything after Quentin Williams. You know what I mean? Like, why not have the like why fire the guy and you just let him do all this draft? Or why not fire him before the draft, before you hire your head coach? It's just disarray in New York and Hopefully they can get their stuff together, but hopefully they don't. So Schubert's Giants aren't the laughing stock of New York NFL. Or the Knicks. <laughs> well, the, the Knicks will still be the laughing stock of basketball in, <laughs> in, in New York because that's not changing any soon. So, look, fellas, where do y'all want to go from here now that we're done with this football stuff? We'll bring Justin in to talk basketball. Are we doing I, the lottery first or are we I, doing I, the playoffs? I, I think Schubert is a great segue. You know, a good little transition here. You go from yeah. – Schubert's team he doesn't like in New York to the one he does like that is a dumpster fire in terms of fan reaction you know oh sure. yeah all right well let's let's get to the lottery well ladies and well, gentlemen as we've said hold on Schubert, let me introduce it as we said all this podcast the Pelicans got the number one draft pick Memphis came in at the second the Knicks were uh, had 14% to get the first pick, but what people don't realize is they had a higher percentage chance of getting the fifth pick, and they had about a 60% chance of of not getting the first pick. So the odds were in their fa- weren't in their favor to get the first pick, and all these other teams who had the 14% chance to get the first pick, like a Chicago, like an Atlanta, a Phoenix, Cleveland, those guys fell out of the top five, and that just shows maybe tanking is done. I want to start with our guy. Well, actually, I want to start with Schubert. Schubert, give us your reaction to New York not getting the first-round pick, and what do you think about this draft lottery? I mean, it just kind of sucked because I was really hoping that the Pelicans were going to do well, you know, and I wanted them because I thought that the best-case scenario for the Pelicans in this draft would be if they could get to two and get John Moran. I was like, if they could get John Moran, I think that would be incredible for the city, blah, 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 all the same shit we're saying about Zion now. But then they get the number one pick, and I'm like, oh, that's great. Where does the Knicks end up? Three? Great, so they don't <laughs> get Zion or Ja. And, <laughs> yeah, because uh, Memphis gets two. And so now they're just going to be sitting on their hands hoping that R.J. Barrett is actually good or maybe not getting R.J. Barrett and going with like someone else, which is all a little bit iffy. I don't know, man. I just feel like this is just more of same old, same old for New York, unless they get somebody in free agency. But I don't think that's tempting anymore. It's interesting because two months, uh, not even two months ago, two weeks ago, like a week ago, Schubert was all up on this podcast. KD, Kyrie, AD, and NYC, baby. Which can still happen. Which can no. still happen. It's, it's not no. looking good for you guys. It's not Trump. looking good. Charles, before I come to you, because we're going to speculate and then we're going to open up the floor to speculate and talk about the draft order and everything, I want to go to Justin. Justin, what's your thoughts on this lottery result? New Orleans getting the first pick, Memphis getting the second, New York getting the third, Lakers at fourth. What do you think about this draft uh, order that that happened the other night? I'm just shocked, man, that the Pelicans really got the first pick in the NBA draft. And that's where I'm really stuck at right there. I mean, they got the number one pick, a team that – that has been going through all kinds of problems throughout the whole season. 
this whole AD drama, and they get the first first pick, and they get the and they're getting the best player in the NBA draft, uh, which is Zion Williamson, who I think will change the franchise around. One hundred percent. Well, look at so, that. Like the, whole... the first the first positive thing he said about the Pels in two years. <laughs> Yo, know, th- this is this is the second time this decade that the Pelicans have had the number one pick and taken a player that was supposed to be revolutionary to the game of basketball. Is there any concern still in your mind? To that, in way, your, to, to to that guys? point, Anthony Davis coming out of college, he was known as, yes, he was going to be this great player, but it was only known as his. he could potentially be Marcus Canby if he didn't develop his offensive game. It took him a while. I will say, out of college, the more... Get, or the more likable pick and more revolutionary pick actually might be Zion more so than Anthony Davis. That's not yeah, me saying that because of what because of what happened. That's just looking back at what we saw of Anthony Davis and just being honest. Now let's bring in the boy, Mr. C. Reese Charles. Let's talk about this Pelican stuff, brother. Well, let's talk about the Pelicans. But I do want to make a little point though that when Anthony Davis was coming out and they got that number one pick, he was on uh, on par with LeBron James. People said this yeah. is the most talented guy since LeBron. Uh, he could have a better career, some people were saying. And look, at the end of the day, AD, depending on the season, is a top three player in the league. So True. Don't, don't, don't get that twisted. You know, Anthony Davis is still very talented. But to look at the lottery itself, I mean, overall reaction, uh, you know, Tankathon said it today. People are saying tanking is over. It's not really over because if you understand math and the draft order rules – you know, those teams will still have a greater chance of getting a number one or a top four pick. But the crazy thing to me is I look at the, the three teams with the 14% chance, team with 12.5 and 10% chance. Look, the Knicks are the only one of those teams that ended up in the top four after having a greater than 35% chance. And teams that had the other teams that had a, a greater percentage chance to be in the top four uh, were uh, Cleveland, Phoenix, Chicago, Atlanta, and Washington. And all five of those teams ended up going uh, five through nine in terms of the lottery. And it's just kind of crazy. You know, it definitely creates more drama for the NBA. There was buzz around the, the lottery last night, unlike in years past. And I, I thought it was exciting. I don't know. Me too. Me too, man. The fact that we got to see and, and what excited me, I was I, I, I woke up. I saw, like, they, they announced, I believe, the, the Boston uh, Sacramento pick. And I was like, okay, Boston's in the top 14. Cool. They kept going. They kept going. Then when we got to Atlanta at 10, I was like, all right, first Atlanta one off the board. Then Washington. Then Atlanta again. And then when I saw Chicago go, oh, Pelly's in the top four. Phoenix. And then I was like, okay, LA is here. Oh, and then we see Cleveland. Then I was like, all right, crap. I don't want the Los Angeles Lakers to get that first pick. And then they can lowball us and try to get Anthony Davis. Then they came out at four. I was ecstatic. The New York Knicks came at three. Memphis is two. New Orleans is one. Now let's talk about just what do we think will happen from this draft. Let's start with the Pellies. And when I say happen, how do we feel about Zion? Do we think he's the, the guaranteed pick? And what do we think this means for the Anthony Davis trade? And then after we do that, we'll, we'll talk about who Memphis should take, who New York should take who Los Angeles should take, and then we'll probably stop right there because it's really a four-person draft. So, Charles, I want to start with you. What are your thoughts on New Orleans? I know we talked about this on the primetime pod. We don't want to get too, too in-depth because they could go check that out, but we didn't speculate as much on that pod. Let's let's speculate here. 
Because we talk more facts, and I, w- I want to get some speculation going. Uh, well, center of speculation is, yeah, you know, there's been a lot of talk that Zion's not the best guy in this draft. So the Pelicans definitely do need to do their due diligence. But when it comes to what it does for a franchise, I've heard it all day on radio. Guys that are saying they're not Pelicans fans, but they've bought season tickets already because they want to see Zion. So in terms of marketing, if you're going to lose a top five player, I don't think you can get a better deal than getting a guy like Zion who Scott Prather said today has just as many Instagram followers at, as Anthony Davis at the age of facts, which is crazy. And his marketing ab- ability is way better is, is so much better than what Anthony Davis was coming into the league. And, and to be honest is now uh, Zion is, exuded more energy and more, just more charisma in his post game interviews than Anthony Davis has done in any of those Exxon commercials. <laughs> in any of them. So, so you look at you know Zion as a player. Um, yeah, look, his athleticism is off the charts at two eighty five to have the vertical leap that he does is incredible. Uh, does he slim down some? Maybe I think he will in that Alvin Gentry system, but he also needs to bulk up with muscle. He needs to develop a jump shot even better. Uh, shooting in the sixty percentage from the free throw line is usually a telltale sign about a guy's uh, shooting abilities. But he did shoot over thirty percent from three. In his uh, form, wasn't season. bad. Which, it wasn't bad. You know, Anthony Davis shot, I think, around 16% from three in college. So, just a comparison there. But, look, the guy, you know, the qu- biggest question is going to be what position does he play? See, a four. If you, the Pelicans can get him to play three and he can develop a shot, create in his own, man, I, I think that creates a, a lethal lineup, especially depending on trades you can get for Anthony Davis if he doesn't stay. Uh, you could have a guy at that three spot that – um that I don't think there's another three in the league that could guard him. No, and I'm with you. And then when we get into talking about what do you do with Anthony Davis, we'll talk about specific lineups where I think Zion would be great as a three and it would work as a four. For me, I've seen a lot of people do pro comps of Boogie Cousins. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. That's that's a joke. Like you got like just because he's a big kid and you no, he's supposed to play the four or the three. I think his seal his floor is Julius Randle, but Super Saiyan Julius Randle. I've been seeing the meme where it's like, oh, Julius Randle's normal Goku, Zion's Super Saiyan Goku. And I agree with that. Now, could he be a, a, a grandmama Larry Johnson? That's what we hope. And could he be better? Maybe. I just think if this, if Alvin Gentry, like you said, in his system is running up and down, that'll keep Zion's in shape, and for the most part, he needs to get lose a little weight, transfer that into muscle. But I think with this guy, he can be a, a, a revolutionary player for this Pelicans franchise and keep us in just a, a place where we have hope at the end of this tunnel. Schubert, what do you think of, of Zion? And, and start talking a little bit about what you think some of these other teams should do before we get into speculation of, um, of Anthony Davis and moves we can make. Well, first off, I want to say that the trash Colin Cowherd take is, as oh, I said, trash. Like, I'm there's so no happy way you that, that. Dude, that there's no way that Zion Williamson is not going to go wherever he gets picked. And, and then Bill, he, Bill sh- Simmons, and he shouldn't do that. Bill Simmons started this before, last night when he was like, what if Zion does an NFL uh, uh, Eli Manning? 
and what, but low, but didn't realize the NBA has different rules to where if we draft him and he just decides to not, well, bro, you can't play in any other team because we have your rights. And to your point about Colin Coward saying he should just sit out and then the Pels will be okay because we'll trade Anthony Davis, still get a bunch of picks, still get, bro, you I just have no idea. Like that is the most trash, ridiculous take. You wanted to talk about how our organization wasn't in, was in shambles, blah, blah, blah. We just got Aaron Nelson, the best, one of the best trainers and medical staff people in the league, if not the best. We have David Griffin, but you wanted him to go to the Lakers, who is ran by the Rambi, the Rambuses, whatever they're fucking called. That's the most dysfunctional franchise in the league. Or you want to talk about the second most with the worst owner in the NBA, James Dolan. I lost so much respect for Colin Cowherd today after that trash take, and I'm so happy you said yeah. that. Like, that needed to be said. Yeah, I mean, that was just dumb. And, you know, if Zion... One thing I that I, one thing that I was listening to when I was listening to speak for yourself later, though, is you know Z- the mindset that Zion needs to have is let me get down to New Orleans and make the most out of the situation. Like he should already have DM Anthony Davis and be like, "Hey, man, like what's your what's your deal?" I don't want like, him to DM Anthony Davis. I'll be DM Drew. <laughs> well, I mean, but but the thing is, is you know, if AD and Zion were together, it would be a, a pretty interesting combo. Whether or not we, you know, people how people feel about Anthony Davis being on the team, no, yeah, for sure. Having them together would be would be pretty pretty great. I do think that the best move is to get rid of Anthony Davis and seek other options. But you know, if I'm Zion, I want to just actively be ready for getting picked in New Orleans. Like, don't uh, if he has a weird reaction to it or he's upset that he's not going to New York or L.A. Tough. Buddy. I mean, like, this yeah. is the way it works. Like, you know, you want to be in the NBA, take what you're given and, and make, make the, the best, best of out it. of it. Because and I feel like he's given, he's been given a great situation. It, it, like, okay, you go to the New York Knicks. There was no guarantee that the Knicks were going to get anyone in free agency. They were going to be just as dysfunctional with a very dysfunctional uh, career. owner, GM situation. But now you're with the Pelicans, who are a little bit more stable at the moment. They're bringing in new blood, but new blood that is way more focused than the old blood. And way more competent in some of the best blood in the in the NBA. Exactly. Just, so Oh no. He, no, so so he just needs to be ready for that and you know if but if the Pelicans wanted to pick the point guy, John Moran, I mean I think he uh, it's also a solid pick. I uh, see with that, Schubert, I just think at this point with where the Pelicans are how how we're moving and just the way we're losing Anthony. I just don't think they can take jobs. They need guards. I, I understand that. And when we get to the speculation, I'll say how I think we could maybe get both John Morant and Zion Williamson. But, Justin, I want to come to you as a basketball question. Justin, what did you see from Zion Williamson in college this year? Describe his game a little bit for the fans who maybe didn't get to watch him enough. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure every basketball fan watching Zion Williamson play this season. I mean, he's 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 I I think he's the most dominant player in the um, in college basketball. I know Charles uh, earlier said that um, people were saying he he's not the dom the most the best player in the, in the draft, and I, I I wanted to know like who who is the best player? Like talking to Charles, like who who have you heard that was that's that's been saying? You no, know, people have been saying that he's not the best player. Who else is better than him? Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of people say R.J. Barrett because okay. I have in seen terms that. of overall game, coming into the season, R.J. Barrett was the number one pick. He was. Uh, 
I think a lot of people forget that. And at the end of the day, R.J. Barrett was actually the leading scorer at Duke this past season. So, yes, he can score the ball. Uh, he's a, you know has the length and the athleticism to be a wing in the NBA. And, and I, look, I don't think you can rule out Ja Morant either. Uh, you know, just Zion is so raw. Uh, he's going to have to develop a lot, right? But oh yeah, you know, okay, yeah. He's yeah, still going to be a tw- he's still going to be a twenty and ten guy. For sure, right. Justin, continue, I, I, continue. Yeah, on. yeah, right, De- definitely. But I I feel like you know when it's the NBA draft, you want to go for the most dominant player. That's just what it is, and I think Zion Williamson is the most dominant player. Now I know that uh, I don't think they should keep Anthony Davis because I mean Anthony Davis has already said that he wants to leave. So I think they they should try to trade Anthony Davis for a top pick. You know, I mean, I feel like I, I feel like the Pelicans are, are trying to re- rebuild right now. So I feel like you know why not just try? I mean, they they've been in talks with with the Knicks, with the Lakers. I mean, why not try to trade Anthony Davis for a top pick? All right, now let's get into spec. Like with New York, you know, like why not try to get R.J. Barrett? Let's Ryan get into let's get into speculation time, ladies and gentlemen. So, when me and Charles were talking about talking to Scott Prather on prime time, Scott laid out all the the potential trade possibilities. We're not going to lay out all of those, but I want to speculate right now. Who do we think? Because because Charles, we didn't speculate a lot. We just we we're, we're doing the facts and we're making sure we did justice to what laying out the information. But I want to speculate wildly here. I want to get in the fun zone of, of what could possibly happen. Charles, out of all the trades you've been hearing from, whether it's Scott or just from different locations and different people, what is your preferred trade for Anthony Davis? Or if you prefer to keep him, say that. But what is your preferred move? To, to build around Zion, what do you think would be best? I, I think it's important to take a step back, too, and kind of talk about what Justin was talking about, just to clear some things up from what I've been hearing from the organization, is that the Pelicans really aren't looking to rebuild. They're looking to win now around a guy like Drew Holiday, who is 28. Uh, the Pelicans are going to be looking to clear some cap space, uh, and if they can package guys like Solomon Hill and Etwan Moore with some seconds, they've got enough room for a max player. Uh, not saying they do that this offseason, but they have the ability to. And, and whatever you get back of that Anthony Davis trade. I, look, I, at the end of the day, I think David Griffin has made it clear when it comes to the trade that he is not looking for just one pick and a player. He's looking for picks, he's looking for an all-star, and he's looking for a role player. Uh, to me, Boston still has the best deal available. If you could get a Tatum, we all saw what Smart did um, towards the end of that series against the Bucks. He plays hard. Uh, imagine him next to Drew Holiday. That defensive lineup would be incredible. And the Celtics still have a plethora of picks. Um, whether you know they decide that they want to give uh, the Pelicans that 14th pick uh, yep. that they got from Sacramento, you know that's another person that the Pelicans can add as a rotational piece uh, this offseason. Or they can go look at the Clippers. Uh, what the Clippers, you know, have have uh, could offer on the table. I think that it's, you know, a spot that um, I would take a look at um, where you could get a guy like uh, Gallinari, who is an immediate starter for you. Uh, we all saw what Harold did, right? You know, Harold is a guy that um, is an underpaid big and that can add depth there. And I think that Gilligas Alexander is also a guy, 6'6 six, six point guard. I mean, that's where the point guard is kind of moving these days, the taller athletic point guard that can score. Uh, and he showed that he has it uh, this season in his first year in the NBA. 
And uh, Scott said throw in Landry Sh- uh, Shamet. And I think you have a really good four-player pick or two from the Clippers. That may be the best deal. But when you look at Boston, the idea of getting Tatum, who could be uh, mm. an all-pro type, all-NBA type of player in the future if his tr- if his, uh, he continues to trend upward, um, I, I th- still think Boston is the best place to get him. And you're sending Anthony Davis out to the East instead of keeping him in the West. 100%. And when you were talking about this clip, because I know earlier when we, when we talked to Scott, I, w- I, was, I wasn't feeling the Clippers pick. But as the day went on and I thought about it, it really depends on what you want and what you believe Zion can be. If you truly believe that Zion's the guy and he can be that transcendent player, then the Clippers pick doesn't sound that bad. You pick, you pick, put Harrell with him. You get a small forward in Danilo Gallinari who can shoot. You get Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's a point guard, who's the point guard for the future, and who's a young guy who could maybe be an all-star, maybe not, or just be a solid player. You put him with Drew Holiday and, and have that lineup and have Shamit as shooting, that, that gives you a, a solid team, a solid core, something that you haven't had in a long time, and then you get a lot of picks. Now, the flip side of that is if you want to go for the gusto and go for this and have two great stars and, and, and two guys, I still love the Boston move, getting Tatum and getting smart. If they can throw in Jalen Brown, that's another great rotational piece. Boston also has the, like you were saying, Charles, it has the 20th pick, the 14th pick, and the 22nd pick. If we can get two of those or three of those and some futures, that builds a roster and has young talent around Zion and for Drew to make this team good. Uh, 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 Before I move to Schubert to see what he thinks the best moves are, I wanted to say this and, and shoot this to you guys. I've been hearing Denver may be upset about that loss. How do we feel about Denver in getting a Jamal Murray? Wait, I'm going to pull up the package that I saw. But, Charles, how do you feel about Denver trading for Anthony Davis and getting their young pieces? Entertaining, entertaining that is just so unrealistic. It's not going to happen. I mean, Denver, you know, finished the second best team in the West this year. Um, I mean, shit, Denver, what they have, Denver is going to be the team in the West for years to come. Uh, they'd be they'd be silly to trade all they have for. Anthony it's for a it's year. not going to happen. It sounds more like somebody just trying to get their name out there. It's just, just unrealistic. It's no, unrealistic. I feel you. I feel did, you. Did you hear the? I, I heard there was a report that they offered a trade at the deadline. Who Denver? Yeah. Interesting. I did not. I did not hear that report. But see, right now the thing is, if they offer it, it's just like, are you really gonna trade every like? Cause watch, Schubert. Let me. I'm still. I'm trying to find. The uh the tweet of what the the, the I, I don't I don't think Denver Denver yes that wouldn't Denver even make sense. Great, Denver has some great young pieces, but what are you going to do? Have the twin towers of Jokic and and you know AD? We saw you know yes that kind of works, but we've seen other teams try to do it and it didn't work. And in an NBA where it's all about running, gunning, and scoring, that lineup just doesn't make sense, especially when you have a guy like Murray who would probably be the focal point of the trade. He is. I, I just no. No, it's just he is it's like like one hundred percent. Watch, I'm, it's Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, what's that? Beasley. Um, hold on, I'm, it, it's a lot. Like I was, I was shocked when I saw that because I was like, "There's no way that Denver's gonna risk their entire future on Anthony Davis staying with Jokic." Like, I feel like he would leave that faster than 
than leaving Boston, the Knicks, or anywhere else. Like, I it's definitely dumb for Denver, but you know, how would that be for the Pelicans? Oh, now for the Pelicans, now I'm, yeah. I'm not upset about that. Like, hold on, I'm so, trying to. Pull yeah, up I think everybody. I think if that offer comes the Pelicans' way, it's definitely something to entertain. Uh, well, talking about some of the things you've been talking about in my notes, I had the same things. The L.A. Clippers is probably one of the better ones, I think, because you can get shooters. Maybe yeah. a Schmidt, maybe a Gallinari. The thing with Boston that kind of worries me is I still don't know if they're going to be willing to give up Jason Tatum or what all that deal is going to be. And now that you're going to bring in Zion, is it going to get too busy around that position? Uh, and I'm also hearing that Rozier is interested in getting out. Yep. So maybe that would be a part of the package. And look, uh, and they have, see, the, they have is, the 14th and the 20th picked. Maybe you get one or, one or two of the players and both the picks. Shoot, shoot, but they have three picks. They have the 14th, the 20th, and the 22nd. I want all of them. But look, here's the Denver thing real quick. Jamal Murray, Mason Plumley, Michael Porter Jr., Michael Beasley, the first-round pick of 2021, the second-round pick of 2023, and the second pick of 2024. I mean, if, if it's offered, they should take it. Charles, for, for Pelicans, and for, not from a Denver perspective, from a Pelicans basketball perspective, does that trade make sense to you? Uh, kind it of, just you know? it depends on how you feel about Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Because Beasley yeah. and Pumley are, are are role players. It, it just depends, like you said, it depends on on what you think about Murray. Um, I think they would still like to get some draft picks, you know. Yeah, yeah. no, one hundred percent. I like Boston. How do we feel? Let's talk about the Knicks because the Knicks and the Lakers are 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 on in the trade thing to me the Lakers the, the, the he, Lakers sound like they're not you know Brian yeah. Windhurst today reported that the Lakers are not going to be uh in, in trade the favor because they don't they don't have uh the players that the Pelicans want yes and they that's have what I was about to get four, to but the NBA draft we already know is 1 2 and 3 yep exactly so that's why right right when I I said the Lakers I was going to give a reason why they're not even in it just to get Lakers fans who listen to this podcast, off of that notion. Y'all are at the bottom of the list. So let's talk about what New York can offer us because New York offers us something different than the Lake, than uh, Boston or the Clippers. New York is kind of in that rebuild status. How do we feel about New York? And do we think R.J. Barrett is – because I think the New York stuff is, isn't about Kevin Knox and all those other players because I think that those players could be – uh, package to move somewhere else. Maybe not Kevin Knox, but like a Dennis Smith Jr., Lonzo Trier. How do we feel about R.J. Barrett? Is he a good fit with Zion? I know they played together in Duke, but the NBA is different. Do we think that the Knicks tr- package is a good package? I'm going to start with Charles, then we'll go to Shooter. Uh, you know, the, the thing the Knicks have is, yes, they have Knox, but is Knox going to be a future all-star? He hasn't shown me that he is at the That's end of the why, day. Yeah. And the role players, uh, they're eh. And so, only good ones, Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, that was the, the name I was gonna say. The best part about the draft, and look, Mitchell Robinson coming home, guy from Chalmette, Um, you know that would be kind of cool. But the yes, you get the pick this year, so you can get the R.J. Barrett, um, because it looks like John uh, ja Morant is going to be going to uh, Memphis. They're one hundred percent set on that. But um, I, I think the uh, potential future first pick the following year whether that be top four protected or not uh, I mean the Knicks are probably going to be right in the same spot again so 
look, the, the picks can be somewhat promising, but the players you're getting, I don't think it's worth Anthony Davis. Me neither. Schubert, what you think about the Knicks move? This is your team. How do you feel about getting trading Barrett and trading all the picks for Anthony? That kind of makes you guys risk the idea that if y'all don't get Kevin Durant and Kyrie, y'all are effed. Big yeah, it's, yeah, I think with the whole not getting Zion thing pretty much ruins everything for the Knicks. Like, there's just really nothing that they can really give anyone. Like, they have, the third, they have to I don't wait until free agency. And if I'm the Pelicans, like, I really wouldn't want to get R.J. Barrett and put R.J. and Zion together again. Like, I don't think they want that. See, me too. Like, I don't think I, – well, maybe not Zion because Zion's a good kid and he's humble. I don't think R.J. wants that at all. No. Like, that's just going to make more locker room trouble. And we and that's just not what they need. So, I, I think the idea of having R.J. and Zion together is crazy. I think it would be better if the Pelicans ended up getting one of these picks later on. And, hey, Giannis and Kawhi Leonard, both 15 picks. So, True. it's uh, not all about the top top five, you know? Before we get out of the draft in, in, in the lottery, I want to pose this question to uh, you guys. How do we feel about if we do the Knicks deal? I've seen a lot of mention of Memphis might be interested in R.J. Barrett and a package we could get. Would y'all be interested in trading some of the, the Knicks stuff to get John Morant? Yeah. Charles, how do you feel about that? Uh, I don't think the Grizzlies have any players you really want, so no. Okay, okay. I, it's just for it's just if you trade the third and maybe another pick for John Morant. Do you think John Morant's worth it? I mean, the Grizzlies have number two, and they're going to pick whoever they want. You know, True. so it, it it the Grizzlies. It, it was reported today that the Grizzlies want John Morant. So uh, I think that um, it, you know. They're going to try to get rid of Conley at the end of the day, and I don't want that salary-eating no. contract. So, you know, I, look, I, Memphis is, is one of those teams that, were, you know, we're in the lottery that if they got the number one pick, I don't think the Pelicans were going to be deal, doing a deal with them at the end of the day. No, you're right. I just wanted to pose that because that was some speculation I've seen. Final speculation. This is what we'll get Justin in. And I know Charles is going to hate this, but I got to bring it up. Charles, I've seen some people report that what if that LeBron should go to the Lakers and request a trade to New Orleans for Zion Williamson. If you're the Pelicans, do you take LeBron James on this roster for Zion? No. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Was that my? Is it, oh no, you, you can go, Justin? go, Justin. Go, Justin. Go after Justin? Charles. Go after Charles. Okay. All right. Yeah. You go. You go, Charles. So I, you know, I've seen a couple of takes. Um, you know, you'd be doing probably a straight-up trade for those two guys. LeBron wouldn't want to be here, although he, he would be under contract for two years. And, and, look, the thing about LeBron is that he's declining, right? You know, Facts. he's getting older. If you're going to bring in a guy like Zion, you want to not only win now but win in the future. And when LeBron retires or leaves in two years, uh, what are you left with? So Nothing. You know, I think the Pelicans, if they could keep AD – that would be something different, but I mean, look, the LeBron uh, team in New Orleans with what they already have in place probably can get to the Western Conference Finals. I still don't think they'd beat Golden State, especially if KD stays there. So, no, I do not want LeBron. LeBron AD, wait, wait, real quick before before Justin, I let you come in this. You don't know if LeBron AD drew. Oh, oh, uh, oh LeBron AD and Drew. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that if that trade happens, I'm assuming AD is staying because like now he he has no reason to like he has all he has the king like he has the guy he wanted. Uh, no, but, no, and, and yes, you know there's reason to stay, but I still don't know if that team beats the Warriors. Okay, okay, for sure. And for that's sure. my point. Whenever you have a juggernaut out in the West, I mean, look, who's going to win the finals this year? So the Warriors, yeah, and probably even without Kevin Durant. So. If they have Kevin Durant back, it really doesn't even matter because they're going to win again next year. So until this team gets dismantled, it's a wasting your opportunities for the next couple of years. And I'm kind of on the thing where I've seen Denver build through the draft and, I re- and the Warriors did it. And I really want a team that builds through this draft and we can have our own true core of young guys exactly. with Drew, with Drew being that draft. role player. Build through the draft, meaning trading Anthony Davis for a draft pick. Well, no, no, wait, 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 Justin, I don't think Anthony, he does not want to be there. Why not just, like, let him go and just get a top three draft pick? Like, New York's going to want him. Well, no, wait, like, Justin, wait, Tom, pause. I, and by me saying build through the draft, I'm, I'm with you building through the draft, but I'm not just saying – Oh, it's just trade on the New York or LA. We gotta listen to what Boston and the Clippers have to say before and we, we even want do more any than, of that. We want Wait, more than one draft pick. I'm saying like, why would okay, like Anthony Davis? He's a good player, but he's never healthy. But okay, he, but that doesn't matter most to, of the season. But see, why would you trade preach. your whole team for Anthony Davis? But that's the, these teams want to do that. And Mr. I, Glass, if, if Boston wants to do that and the Clippers want to do that, let them go ahead. Glass has, oh yeah, definitely. Has, I'm this has saying, we're talking from the Pelicans perspective. This has like I agree with you. If I'm Boston, I'm not doing it. If I'm the Clippers, why I, the only way I do it if I know Ka- Kawhi's coming. But from our perspective, I can't just take the Knicks pick when I can when I believe that Tatum has a higher ceiling and floor than RJ Barrett. And then Marcus Smart's a known commodity. And then you get Jalen Brown. Not only does that let us be a young team that can grow, that allows us to be potentially a playoff team next year. All I'm saying is that RJ Barrett is probably the third best player behind John Morant in the NBA draft. Zion and RJ, they played to, together in college. They didn't have any beef. They seemed like they got along. My so, question I mean, to you is, before you go through all this, who you want on your team? Jason Tatum or, John, or, or R.J. Barrett? Let's cut the bullshit. I mean, after the playoffs, I want R.J. Barrett. Oh! Jason Tatum didn't show me anything. Oh! He took a step back. Wait, so we, one bad playoff? One bad playoff says the, 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 the guy's a bum? I, hold on. See, I didn't say he was a bum. All, all I'm saying is that in New Orleans, the ball won't be going through Tatum. It's going to probably be going through through Zion. So I feel like R.J. Barry, he knows that. But knows okay. That Zion's the man. I, I don't think so. But he knows that you. I don't think Barrett wants to come to the NBA and be Zion's second fiddle. And I think if Tatum comes, t- Zion is not going to be that guy until at least year two, year three, maybe even year four. T- so, if Tatum. So if, wait, are, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay, if, Tatum, if Tatum develops into the guy we think, then Tatum's the front-runner scorer, and Zion can play off of him and, and be the great guy in transition, get the off. Because, look, if you look at Zion's games right now, Zion isn't the guy you give the ball to in the half court and just say, go score. Zion's the guy that you have to – he has to score in transition, score off of offensive rebounds. His post game was only dominant in the, in the college because of its college. I don't know if Zion can post up like he can in the NBA. 
you need a guy like Tatum to be the guy to get the clutch shots because if we if this playoff show has shown us anything, when it comes to the fourth quarter, you need a closer. And I believe Jason Tatum could be that. More mm. so than RJ Barrett. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay. And and what That's was RJ Barrett's what what was one of RJ Barrett's flaws was that he had trouble creating for himself. Fast. So, you know, it was Tatum has shown he can do that. And look, Justin. Tatum is not the reason Boston is out of the playoffs right now. That it's is a hard thing, Kyrie Irving. Yes, and we gonna huh, and we gotta kick them out. Oh no, no, they they already left. We already kicked them out last time. My bad. But yeah, no, it, it's not because of Tatum. And I and we saw when Tatum was in control of a team, he brought his team to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just don't think that this is gonna happen. Like I feel like Kyrie, he's gonna probably be gone. So now they only have Anthony Davis. Well, Justin, I you know get you, I mean? but that's but Danny Ainge has said that he wants Anthony Davis no matter what. He feels that with Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, and Anthony Davis, that's a winning team. And if that's what he feels— That's a winning team. Is it well, a championship team? To, Justin, I don't give a damn if it's a championship team, a winning team, or anything. I, if that nigga want to trade me, Jason Tatum, let him go ahead and do it. I don't give a damn. <laughs> so, so you— so. You really, really feel like Jason Tatum is that guy. He's, more than, he's more that than, guy. More than anybody we've mentioned on this show as a trade potential, I would take Jason Tatum every day of the week and two times on Sunday before I take R.J. Barrett. 100%. I'm taking him before I take Kuzma and anything on the Lakers. I'm taking him before I take Shamet and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Let's not act like we didn't think a year ago that Jason Tatum was the best person in that damn draft. Let's not and act like that. that. And, and not only that... I mean, you have to also talk about the picks, but Tatum is a proven commodity. And the guys are give us Jalen Brown too. These guys are either one year or they're, they you haven't even seen them play in the NBA yet. Facts. And the playoffs are different, a different animal. All I'm saying is that New York, I would definitely try to push because they can get Anthony Davis definitely if they try to offer uh, New Orleans a third pick. I feel like. New Orleans may, may bite and they can land Anthony Davis and then get Kyrie. And See, you're trying to do the soup. I knew that's what no, you're trying to do. No, that, you, you're, Justin, the only thing you're freaking offering at the end of the day is a pick. Yeah, what else? more than a that. top three pick. That doesn't matter. Anthony Davis is worth more than a top three pick. Really? Yeah. Yes, is he he really? yes, he yes. is. Yes, he is. Yes. Yes. Justin, he's a. Justin, he's a transcendent player. He's a top three player in the he's NBA. He's an all-star at the end he's, of the day. He's way more important he's than the top three player. NBA guy. He is not always hurt. Yeah, all right? That, that notion is completely false. All right? Yes, he misses a, a stretch of like two to three games multiple times throughout the season, but he plays the majority of the season. And, and some of that can go back to the Pelicans' pure, poor training staff, which a lot of people in the NBA believe was the worst until this offseason. So, Max. look. Yes, Anthony Davis. Yo, yeah, yeah. So he's glass, and availability means a lot. But <laughs> but every GM, and every GM in America, in America, every every person on television, everybody knows that if if you're trading Anthony Davis, you're getting more than just a top pick. You need a you need a top pick and and like and, there and, there, and a there lot. are there are probably five players in the NBA that you cannot trade AD for. Maybe yep. less, maybe three, maybe Steph, three. Steph Curry, James Steph Harden. Curry. No, no, no. Probably less than that. Probably less than that. Because I'll tell you what. If I'm Houston, I probably trade uh, James Harden for AD. You know, what? I, don't, I, if, I don't know about if, that. If I'm, if what? I'm, I because he's not a top five player at the end of the day. Your top five, 
your top five players are guys that cannot be guarded at the end of the day and also have a defensive impact. James Harden, yes, cannot be guarded by most, but can be shut down. We've seen it. Go watch the Drew Holiday tape. Guys that would not be traded for Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Steph Curry right now. Other than that, I think anyone else in the NBA is on the table. I agree yeah, with everything even he LeBron. just I agree with everybody he just said, but I I'd add James Harden in that list. But he's right though. Like Anthony Davis. But who else, it, who else would you want? You would want would, no more than a third Justin. We when for Anthony Davis back, David Griffin said on NBA TV, other GMs have said on TV, and, and, you need a, 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 a potential a potential all-star player, a role, role players, player, and players. picks. Picks yes. plural. So yeah, okay. I mean you, you can't just get uh, like I understand that some some people on national television are just like oh yeah just take that third pick but that's because they're trying to force things into the big markets and they're trying to get people to to buy into that but you got to realize at this point all these teams are, want what we have we have the assets they have to come to the Pelicans and the Pelicans hold all the cards if honestly the Pelicans don't have to trade until the trade deadline if they don't want to. But I, I think that's foolish. I think you need to trade him now while his while he can, you can get the most for him. But I just believe that for, to, to just say trade him for R.J. Barrett, that's a sin. And, and we got to get the main package from either Boston, the Clippers. And if those packages aren't good enough, then we entertain the Knicks. But those are that that's at the only time. But other than that, that's all I really wanted to talk to you, uh, talk really about the draft. Shoot, but you got some. Uh, not about the draft, but about one the one kind of unrestricted free agent that is a big deal, Kemba Walker. I don't. I'm not saying he's going to be a Pelican, but do you think that his name comes up in the mix of maybe jumping into Boston, New York, and kind of? Uh, I I've I've seen multiple people say if I'm the Knicks, I don't wait for Kyrie. I go and get Kemba Walker immediately. Exactly. I agree with that. I agree. You can't you can't chance it on Kyrie's nonsense and you've seen how he is when he has his own team like this the, as much as as great as Kyrie Irving is this season really showed a lot and if he's not willing to be a two and willing to go along with it how do you know he wants to be with Kevin Durant Kimball Walker will definitely go there have a great attitude and, and embrace the city Kyrie Irving you're not sure about it. he really did harm to himself after this playoff run he really did yeah and I feel like if Kemba ends up going to the Knicks then Whoever, if if the Knicks end up being the Pelicans' trade partner, there will be a point guard in there. If, if it's not Dennis Smith Jr., it will be Frank. So I, I don't think either one is really worth anything to the Pelicans. Uh, but that would probably be in the in the trade package if they do get Kemba. And I and almost I guarantee if, that. If we, if we do get Dennis Smith Jr., that's a piece we're going to try to move. I, I, that's a good plan. No, 100%. But that's all we got really – for the draft lottery, as time gets closer, we will discuss more about this, and we'll be discussing more about this draft because Zion's coming to NOLA, baby. NOLA basketball is back on, and shout out to our guy Brooklyn because Brooklyn was so salty that his sons didn't get anything. He te- I text him right when I go. I go, damn, bro, it's hard out here for y'all. And he goes, I know the I-10 report going to be Liddy come next year with all this Zion stuff, and he right, we back on top, baby. But let's get to this playoff stuff. Uh, I want to talk about these two playoff, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals before we discuss the Rockets 
in the 76ers and get them out of here. But let's start off with the Western Conference Finals because I believe that's the easiest to discuss. Golden State beat the Portland Trailblazers 116-94 to 94 last night. They won handily because, I, in my opinion, I thought Portland's idea of drop coverage and allowing Steph Curry to go over screens and, and, and allowing him to get open shots without having the bigs to come in trap or come up, I think that's what kind of gave them a, a, a handily advantage because they were letting Clay and Steph shoot damn near wide open jumpers. But I'm going to start with Justin. Justin, what did you think of the Warriors game one? I mean, they definitely, Portland definitely has has to change their game plan on defense. But I mean, like normally when the, I'm going to try to see why he had this game plan. Normally when the Warriors, normally when the Warriors are, aren't hitting threes, that's when they're most beatable. So maybe he was thinking, you know, maybe we may catch Curry and Thompson slipping, missing threes, and they could get, get a W. But obviously that didn't work. So I'm looking forward to game two. I mean, hopefully they change their defensive strategy. And uh, the other players, they have to step up because they're forcing uh, Dame and um, Dame, Dame and CJ to, to pass the ball. So other players, they have to step up and they got to be better on defense. 100%. Schubert, what did you think of the Portland Warriors game one? Uh, well, people have asked me throughout the past week what I think about the series, and I honestly think that the Warriors are going to sweep. Mm. So um, I was not surprised to see this outcome. I would think that Kevin Durant's not going to play game two. I know that it's a question mark. Um, so I definitely think that he's out again, and I don't think they're going to need him and yeah, no, be able I, to get through this. I'm with you. I, 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 I'm going I'm to give my take after Charles, and then we'll give who do we think wins the series. Charles, what do you think of game one? You know, I, I agree with you with the defensive strategy of Portland. just didn't make too much sense, having the big sag off on, on Curry. If you're going to leave anyone open, I mean, it's got to be guys Draymond. like Dalla and yeah. Draymond. Yes, they did hit threes, but they're not going to do that the entire series. To me, the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway was, man, Portland, it took them everything to win that series against Denver. Uh, I expect them to bounce back in game two. I don't think this is going to be a sweep or a gentleman's sweep, especially since I don't think KD will be playing this series. Uh, Dame with a 33% from the field and CJ with 36.8%, you know, kind of just told me, the, you know, painted the picture for me right there. Uh, even Cantor didn't have the best game. So I, I expect Portland to bounce back. I think they're they're talented at the end of the day. Um, and, and, you know, I think the Warriors without KD are, are a different team. Yes, they look like they play better, but uh, I, I think that type of team plays better into Portland's hands. But I think, the, you know, another discussion at the end of the day is, man, Damian Lillard may be one of the worst guards in terms of difference between regular season and what he does in the playoffs. Oh, he's killer in the play. He turns into a different animal. And I just think no, they no, had- he is terrible in the playoffs. Oh, you don't you don't what? think he's good in the playoffs? Oh, Damian Lillard. Yo, that, that game playoffs. seven was terrible. Uh, yes. No. Did you did y'all not watch game seven? I, 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 I that game. Thirteen points. He he can't be good every game. It doesn't matter. The players players come to like real dudes, guys that are dudes. Come to play and, and close out games. In game seven, that's when NJ stepped up. Damian Lillard scoring 13 points and had to rely on little CJ to score 37 for him. <laughs> Come on now, man. 
He don't Charles be getting no CJ, bro. <laughs> Did you watch him yeah. last last year in the playoffs against Drew Holiday? I, I knew I, I knew you were gonna come with that. We're, we're talking about this year. <laughs> All right, hold on. Wait, let me let me pull up. I, I pulled up Dame Lillard's playoff stats this season. So in against OKC, game one he had uh, thirty. Game two he had twenty nine. Game three he had thirty two. Game four he had twenty four. Game five he had uh, fifty. And against hit a game Den- winner. Against Denver, he went 39, 14, 28, 28, 22, 32, 13. And against uh, Golden State, he had 19. I agree with Charles in the sense of game seven, the, the guys come out to play. In, in game seven, if you're the guy of my team and, and you're the star, I expect you to come out and play. But to say, well, I don't know, different than – I, I just don't know about that take. But I definitely agree with you about the game seven thing. In terms of – the game one, one sixteen ninety four. I I really thought I was like, look, yes, KD without this team makes this team different and it makes them beatable. But I just believe the two time MVP Steph Curry will come out to play. I believe he's going to carry this team. I believe him and Clay Thompson have a lot to prove, and I just feel. Portland isn't as good as everybody believes. I yeah, feel no. I feel like if Maurice Harkless, Al Farouk Amino, Ennis Cantor, Rodney Hood, Seth Curry, Zach, they have no business being in playing in this in the series against Golden State. They have no they, they they won't help. And I feel like it's gonna be on CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard. And if they don't get 20 plus points apiece, they're not gonna win this series. We saw this last in last game. Harkless had 17, Cantor had 10, uh, Hood had 17. Uh, Zach Collins had eight. The others actually helped. It was uh, CJ McCollum and Dame that had 17 and 19. And I just feel, I, I don't feel it's going to be a sweep, but I think it's going to be gentlemen's or six games. I, I just don't think Portland has enough. And like Charles said, Dem- I think that Denver series took it really out of him. Ennis Cantor is not healthy. He's, he's hurting even more so. And the fact that it's Ramadan now, him not having energy, I think that affects his play. And I just really feel like Portland doesn't have the horses to compete with even this Golden State team. No, I completely agree with that, man. Uh, that's part of the reason that I really feel like part, you know, partly what you just said and partly Charles's take are the reasons that I feel like Portland is going to get swept. I I feel like Dame Damian. I I'm, I wouldn't go as far as to say he's a completely different playoff player because. He had, he has had big moments in the playoffs, but he and he had a good playoff so far this it, season. But uh, but overall, he hasn't had the most impressive playoffs. I don't think he's playing the best right now on his team, uh, and I don't think he's playing the best right now. And I think maybe he got drained in that series for definitely. So yeah, I, I I'm not feeling too hot about Portland. I think the other series over in the East is way more interesting. No, 100%. Uh, so you think, gentlemen, sweet. Justin, what do you think? Pick uh, how many games this is going to go and who you think wins. I think, I think. well, the way that uh, Portland is, is playing, the way that uh, the Warriors are playing Portland, I think they're forcing, you know, the role players to, to step up. And normally role players are good at home. But the thing about it, that, the thing about it is that you, uh, it's hard for teams to beat the Warriors two times in a row. So I see them losing. Um, I see this this game going. Uh, this series going five games. Okay. I think Portland could take one at home, and that that's it. Because it's hard to beat them in two games in a row. And I don't think they'll they'll play good next game um, in uh, Golden State. 
Interesting. Charles, being that you started this conversation, who do you how many uh, games do you think this goes? Who do you think wins? And if you want a rebuttal to what I said, we can open that dialogue. Uh, Warriors in seven. <laughs> All right. Why? Wait. Why do you think seven? Wait, do you, what you, game, do you, yeah, really, what do you really believe that uh, Dame and CJ are going to come out to play and push them? I think that Portland can win game two. I think they take care of business at home, and you know you have a two-two series tie, and Portland finds a way to win one. At, you know, game six, and, and then they lose. You know, game seven. But you know, I, I we've seen it too many times in the playoffs where. The team that loses game one, whenever you have a talented team, they come back and, and they are able to win game two. So uh, I, I kind of expect Portland to win game two. They need to come so out you're saying the, so, so you're saying that going into game five, Portland will be up 3-1? No, 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 no. He's saying they win game two, they win game three. And he, State, said, he said they win game two and take care of, would you say one at home? Take care of one at home. Yeah, okay. yeah, and now that's, a, yeah, that's what I got. I figured you said you made they win game two, game three, and Golden State, or game three or game four, but Golden State takes one of those. And, and, then, then, KD, and then KD eventually comes back. Or I, I personally don't think he's coming back. But that's, Yeah, I, I don't think he's coming back. I don't think final. he is either. Like, I don't Honestly, I, and I, and if I'm Honestly. if I'm Steve Kerr, I don't want him to come back to the finals. If I'm KD, I don't come back at all this year. Ooh, I'm a, yeah. I'm a free agent. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Demarcus. Cousins. I don't know about that. He's still gonna win a ring without it. That's interesting. I want to see, see KD in Portland. You want to see him go? Oh, Justin, we're not having this conversation. He's not going to Portland. We're not having <laughs> this conversation. No, he's saying now, against Portland. Oh, he wants to see him against Portland. No, I want to see him. On Portland. Oh yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah. we're not we're, we're not having this conversation right now. No, 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 no. We're not having this conversation right now. Let's jump to Justin. We're not having this conversation. Let's go to this Milwaukee Bucks. Let's go to this this Milwaukee Bucks conversation. Milwaukee plays Toronto tonight. They won. Uh, the Bucks came back in one game. One. They win one hundred eight to one hundred. The Raptors end up taking a loss of the series. The Milwaukee leads the series one zero. Kawhi Leonard had 31 points, nine rebounds. Pascal Siakam had 15 points. Kyle Lowry had 30. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 24. Brooke Lopez with a big 29 points. And Malcolm Brogdon had 15. I'm going to start with Charles this time. Charles, what did you think of this game? And, and what do you think is going to happen in this series? Man, crazy game one, huh? Yeah, uh, it really know, was. We kind of talked about it before we started recording. But, um, I mean, I thought Toronto had this game one. Um, I, I thought their defense on Giannis was was really good. I think their game plan was excellent. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we were kind of uh, hot about Dwayne Casey getting fired, but it seems like so far uh, it may have been the right move. You know, uh, so I you know I expect like in Portland, I expect Toronto to get Game Two. I, I still think Toronto has a good chance to win this series, but if this series doesn't go to seven, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. Same, man. I really will as well. Let's go to Justin. Justin, what would you think of game one? Oh, well, I mean, the the Bucks took it. And I think Giannis and the Bucks are the best team in the East right now. So, like Charles said, I'm expecting this series to go game seven. And I just think that that the uh, and the, re- the reason why I'm, I'm saying game seven, because both teams, both teams are very good. But the reason why I want to say that the Bucks are going to take this series is because the Bucks are a better team and they're more consistent. I don't think that the um, that the that the Raptors have enough consistent players, 
And I just feel like consistency consistency is key at this point. And they also have uh, the be- well, one of the best players because Ka- Kawhi is probably the best player in the East. I think he is. But I think the Bucks have a better team. So I think that they'll take in, uh, take in seven games. 100%. Schubert, what'd you think of game one? Tell me what your thoughts are. You are a Raptors guy. Who would you see? Um, yeah, like I really was watching this game thinking that it was pretty much in the bag around the fourth quarter. And, you know, the Bucks, to their credit, got on a bit of a run. Good job on Brooke Lopez. I don't know if he's going to have that kind of game every, every night. He shot so many threes. Yeah, so that's, you know, I don't think we're going to see that all the time. But um, I have to disagree with you on the coaching thing. I really think that Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse mismanaged those minutes today, and that was kind of what ended up costing them. Having Kawhi have to sit out minutes in the fourth quarter, he should have been out earlier. They should have spaced it out a little bit more. He was too tired at the end. I think, you know, he was completely out of it the fourth quarter. And But to their credit, they kind of kept Giannis out of it for the most part in the fourth quarter. I think he it was really Brooke Lopez like that, six that killed points. him. Yeah, yeah. I think they played good defense, but it was just the freak incident that was Brooke Lopez that kind of put the Bucks over the edge today. Uh, if the Raptors can sneak and get a win in game two, that'd be great. Uh, I'm still really liking the Bucks winning the series, but I really want the Raptors to pull it through. Pull, you know, to pull through. It's going to be all about Game Two, and I think that's the way it was in the last series with the Raptors too, right? Where no, it was, was the it Raptors. One, or no, it was the Bucks. It was the, yeah, it was the Bucks. With the Celtics but winning I mean, Game One, that, and, and that's kind of what out. I'm seeing here for this. You know, the Raptors going to take this loss, reevaluate. Go in, steal one, and then maybe make a run. My thing is, uh, game one, Toronto has a 31-25-23 lead in the first quarter. Uh, In the second quarter, they lose that quarter. Milwaukee scores 28 points to their 25. Toronto ends up losing the third quarter, 25-24. to And then in the fourth... They lost 32 to 17. You can't lose. You can't lose that many quarters, especially with the fourth having such a big run. I believe. Hold on, let me look at the team rebounds. 46. Yeah, they were out rebounded by the Bucks. The Raptors have 46 rebounds to the Bucks 60. You can't give the Bucks off uh, 15 offensive rebounds because that gives them more possessions. The Bucks actually have legitimate shooters at at all positions, not named Antetokounmpo. So you can't give those shooters that many possessions and. For me, I think that Toronto had it in the bag. Like Schubert said, Nick Nurse mismanaged some minutes. I think Toronto will come out and win game two. But like Charles said, if they don't win game two, it's going to be the Bucks' series to lose. And I just feel this series will go seven. I don't think Kawhi Leonard is going to go out without a fight. I think now if they do lose this series, you can kiss Kawhi Leonard goodbye. But I think... The more games they win this, the better chance they have Kawhi. And I think that Toronto will push it to seven games. And I'm still going to pick Toronto, even though the Bucks have been the more consistent team all season and they've looked good. Charles, uh, who do you think is winning this series in seven? I don't know if you said that before we move on. Uh, yeah, I did not. Uh, and just a thought on the game, too. Look, I, for the most of the game, I thought Toronto was the better team. Same, uh, yeah. It, it was just at the end of the game that Milwaukee – was able to win the game. Look, Toronto's got to shoot the damn ball better. 
you Facts. know, at the, in the mm-hmm. second half, they kind of just went cold, especially in that fourth quarter. The fact that at the end of the game, they showed a graphic and Kawhi only had two points. Yeah, you can say that, you know, they played them a ton of minutes, and they did. But look, this is the playoffs. Yeah, they, you're right. They, they've got guys that play the entire second half and don't take a break. Steph so, Curry. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. they, so, that's what I'm saying. They, they took him out for a, a really long time in the fourth quarter where they should have had him, if he was going to take that time out, be in the, four, the third quarter. That's no, what I'm saying. I, I, I don't even take him out. I mean, shit. You, they, you know, should, like, they shouldn't have. That's what I'm saying. They, you know, they just completely mismanaged all of that. In, in NBA playoffs, there's so many commercials and so <laughs> many breaks. It's not like you're truly playing, you know, what you would be playing in a regular season game. So – I thought Kawhi should have played longer. I think that they're going to go back, rework some of their defensive strategy. I still think they're going to let Brook Lopez shoot. There's no way he repeats that. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But, uh, <laughs> I, look, I, I expect better performances, especially from a guy like Pascal Siakam. Yep. If, if, if Toronto loses the series, it's going to be because they lost game one when they had Kyle Lowry go for 30 points your boy I'm not, sure. yeah, I'm not, barely I'm ever not, I'm not sure if, if Kyle Lowry repeats that um, <laughs> but you know they're gonna look to him to to be more of a contributor and I expect Marcus Saul to show up uh, two for to. 11 tonight was embarrassing that's was. not who he is uh, but look London I kind of agree with you I think Toronto uh, has the veteran leadership to win this series I just don't know if they can get it done my thing, and I agree with you 100%. Brooke Lopez, I have been championing you this whole pl- – I said that you're going to come in, bring this playoff experience. You you guarded Joel Embiid the way you needed to. But, look, game seven, you had uh, – hold on. I'm about to pull up your po- – you had seven points. The game before that, let's see. You had uh, – you had seven points again. The game before that, you had – 11 points. Marcus Gasol, it's time for you to show up, bro. You, If you want to win this ring and you want to get playoff, uh, you want to get your legacy up there, it's, you got to step up, man. And Charles, your boy, who you've been – a little insight into our group chat, you call out Kyle Lowry every time. He actually showed up tonight. And if you have Kyle Lowry show up, that's a game you can't lose. So I'm with you on this, Charles. It, it, it was shocking to see how, what happened. But like you said, I don't think Brooke Lopez comes out – and makes four of 11 uh, threes and shoots 12 of 21 and has 29 points. I don't think he does that in game two. As long as they can contain Giannis Antetokounmpo, they can't stop him, but slow him down like they did tonight. I think Toronto will be in this series, and I hope it goes game seven because this is is the best series, all playoffs, and I just want to see this through and through. And something that troubles me with Milwaukee is when Giannis has the ball, no one moves. Yep. You know, yeah. uh, Toronto moves a lot. So, you know, they're going to – they need to start creating more looks at the rim. Stop trying to shoot so many threes. I know that's part of their game, but – You live and die by the three. If you can stop Giannis and you can stop him from facilitating, which I thought Toronto did a pretty good job for the most part tonight, Toronto still is in the series, guys. No, I'm with you. I, I'm picking Toronto in seven. Like, that. I, I'm not picking against what they have done. They've been the – they. I think as much as people talk about Milwaukee's depth – I like Toronto's depth. I like Toronto's roster more. Like you said, Milwaukee stands there waiting for Giannis to come and give it. They have four shooters. If you can slow down Giannis and not help as much off those shooters, you can beat the Bucs. The Bucs is just four shooters around Giannis like they did with LeBron James. And I feel like Toronto has what it takes to to, uh, beat the Bucs. 
Well, that's all we have in terms of the playoffs. Now let's do the final segment of this playoffs. Get them out of here, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Rockets and the 76ers. First off, let's get the Rockets the fuck out of here. Chris Paul, I'm starting with you, bro. You're dirty ass. You've been flopping since you got to the Rockets. You've been flopping at the Clippers. I'm so sick of seeing you dribble the ball, and when somebody's running up the court, you jump in front of them and stop. I'm so sick of seeing your head go back and forth. If you want to flop that much, go play fucking soccer. I'm sick of it. James Harden, I un- uh, bro, stop fucking complaining. Stop trying to manipulate the refs. Play fucking basketball. Get your skills up to where you don't have to shoot 15 free throws a game to win a playoff game. Actually score the fucking ball. You won't get those calls in the playoffs. And I'm so happy you didn't get those fucking calls. Eric Gordon, you punk ass. I'm so excited your bitch ass lost this series because you, did, you didn't make a shot in New Orleans. You was injured every day and you just wanted to make it seem like, oh, it's New Orleans. Bro, I'm, I can't. I, every time you fucking lose, I get up. I get excited. I was about to say something even more graphic, but I decided not to. But you guys can picture what I was going to fucking say. Get him out of here. Mike D'Antoni, you ain't want a damn thing, my guy. You In Phoenix, you was trash. In LA, you was trash. And in the Knicks, you was trash. Get them the fuck out of here. I'm so happy to say that. Now, do they break up the Rockets? What do we think? Do you think it's time to break up this team? Real yeah. quick. Chris Paul, it, bro, it, they, it, should it, not have, they should not have re-signed Chris Paul to that contract. It's time to break up the Rockets, but they are not going to break up the Rockets because who wants Chris Paul's contract? Contract, yes! Break up the Rockets for what? <laughs> Justin, Justin, I, I am so convinced you don't watch basketball. <laughs> break up break the up Rockets for what? They lost in Game 7 to the Warriors. No, they they lo- wait, wait, wait. Game 7. They lost they in game need to six. Add more, not blow it up. They lost in game six. They can't add more. Justin, it's embarrassing that they no, lost they to, to the. Wait, wait, wait. No, let me finish. It's embarrassing that James Harden, the fucking so called MVP, couldn't step up and be an MVP when yeah, Kevin 35. Durant goes down. Nah, no, 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 no. 35 in the first half. We didn't see that fucker in the fourth quarter. He didn't do shit. For you to come out and lose to a Steph Curry and Klay Thompson team and without Kevin Durant, that's embarrassing. And you and is, they, you need a change. It that's, is why, that's why I trade for Anthony need, Davis. They need more players who can step up. I mean, Gerald Green. Where do you add it? You don't have the cap room. You, that's Gerald, why I say Gerald, blow it up. Gerald, Gerald Green came off the streets. That's the, that's where they're gonna be looking for talent. You know, that, you can't add in. You don't have money. You don't have. You can't add a, a max player. You can only add role players. Have, what do you mean they don't need? Oh, they need one because Chris Paul is re- players, Chris Paul is regressing. I disagree with that. Chris Paul, Chris is Paul has regressed. Chris Paul is not, Chris Paul cannot lead this team. Fuck Chris no. Paul is a max player. And but he doesn't act like a max player. So yes, they do need to add a max. Max player. Play. Yes, Chris Paul is regressing. <laughs> he hit the cliff. He is old. Like, he can't – Chris Paul had one good game. He, he did everything he could to muster that game six. He didn't want to go home. It wasn't his fault. It was that nigga with the beard's fault. And I'm calling a spade a spade. Get them out of here. Get, Justin, okay, it was his, Justin you, cannot, you cannot come out in the fourth quarter and lay an egg every time. James Harden is the Peyton Manning of the NBA, not clutch. Not clutch. Is he clutch? Hey, tell me how he's clutch. Did he win that Spurs playoff? No, he lost. How do you lose to Kevin Durant, a uh, Kevin Durant-less Warriors? Everybody said he is not clutch. And if you tell me he's clutch, you're lying to yourself. And and when okay. KD went down, they had the Warriors on the road. They had the lead. Still lost. Still lost. And then and and then what happened? 
Then they lost the game. Bro, you, you, you can and accept the best team in the NBA. No, you, without Kevin Durant, they are equal. They are on equal footing. You should not have lost that game because Steph Curry was that. ice cold. Steph Curry was ice cold, and, and the fact is, James Harden didn't show up. He did not show up. You can't have crucial four or five turnovers and miss every shot. You can't do that as an MVP. You cannot. That's why I say blow him up because you have nothing. Like you have to get rid of Chris Paul's contract somehow. You got to. You got to find some sucker. I can't understand that, but if they can't get get rid of it, I'm saying like they need more pieces, like more shooters. Get and my thing is, I don't know where shooters. you get it from. I don't know. I don't know where you get it from without the cap. I, I don't know who takes some of these 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 crazy contracts that they sign. And and you can't add any quality talent. You're just gonna have to add probably a Bodon Bogdanovich and overpay him dramatically. And be in the luxury tax and be screwed because I don't see them elevating past getting to a Western Conference Finals. And that's if they do it anymore because Denver, when I get them out of here, I'm not going to get them out of here as harshly because Denver has a lot to look forward to in the future. And if Denver keeps progressing, the Rockets take a step back. And that's just how I feel. Anybody else has any, any more comments on these Rockets before I move forward? I mean, I don't think it's it should be blown up. It's just oh, no. See, that's where that's where we disagree. Charles or just Charles or Schubert, anything else? No, I mean that was my big thing is just the Chris Paul contract completely ruined the Rockets' chances of ever winning anything. I think I think James Harden will be known as this generation's one of the players who never won a championship. The Carl Malone's the Charles Barkley. That's what he's going I, down at. I don't know. I don't think I don't think it's done for him. I think he's still got at least what like seven years in the NBA and he can get yeah. on another team. Yeah. I, I'll take that bet right now. You want to yeah, just bet for fun? The time, it was, it was you want to take that bet right now just I think for he's, fun? I, I think he's got three to four years left on his current contract, and he's going to be making upwards of $44 million by the end of it per year. Look, uh, he's making more money than Kevin Durant right now. He's making more money than LeBron James. I mean, it's crazy, the fact that Chris Paul is getting as much money as he, he is. But look, we said it at the beginning of the season. We said it. We the did. Rockets had no shot at winning the West when they got rid of Trevor Ariza. <laughs> yes. Yes. That came back to bite them in the ass. It did. It did. Because they needed that's him. That's fun. Exactly. They they needed him, right? But, but Justin, my point is I, I agree with you that they need stuff, but I, I through cap space and through who who's a free agent this summer, I don't see them adding something to help that team to get over the hump. That's, I'm not disagreeing with you. As, uh, yes, they need more, but I don't know where I don't know where the more is coming from. That's my thing. I just don't okay. know where the more is going to come from. And Chris Paul is is going to continue to degress and regret and become worse. I just don't know how they get past this point. I think we've seen the best, their peak. Best thing for the Rockets would be if Chris Paul has a season-ending injury and decides to retire. <laughs> Yo, that's so terrible. But he's right. That's messed up. He, he's he's right. Knock on wood. I don't wish that upon nobody. But that would that honestly, that would be the best thing for him. Next up, ho ho! As much as I wanted to get the Rockets out of here, I'm much ready to get these guys out of here. You were high on them. So the shut the up. Ooh, the Sixers. Oh, I thought you were gonna go into the Celtics. Oh no no no! We got the Celtics out of here uh, last week. No 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 no! no. You should you should have heard that. That was a, that was a good one. <laughs> Let's get. <laughs> The 76ers, the fuck out of here. Yo, Joel. Justin, don't interrupt my get. You can, you can talk after. Don't interrupt my get, my get them out of here. Let me do this again. 76ers, get them the fuck 
out of here. They lost. Joel Embiid, look, I'm not going to make fun of you for crying because I didn't been there. After a big loss, I didn't cry myself, my brother. But look, you can't come out and you, you talk. You can't. You, no, not to y'all. We beat y'all ass every time. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Did I stutter? Joel okay. Embiid, I understand heartbreak. I get it. But my brother, you can't come out here and talk shit to everybody and not expect to get shit talked back to you. You can't play 20-something minutes and expect to be a star. You can't eat McDonald's, McDoubles, and hot and spicy McChickens every day and expect to be in shape, my G. You got to get in shape, big dog. And you you weighing 300 pounds, you're going to waste your career. You get the fuck out of here. Yo, Ben Simmons, I don't know what you was doing when you were skipping class, but you should have been shooting jump shots, my dog. I don't know what you've been doing for all these years. You should have been shooting jump shots. Ben Simmons, you look like the new age Ben Wallace. They got to get you out of the play for them to get into the play. I don't know what the hell you're doing. You need to go to the lethal shooter. You need to go to whatever shooting guru and get you a jump shot because as long as you don't have a jump shot, the 76ers won't win shit and you will not become what you're supposed to be. Get them the fuck out of here. Yo, Jimmy B, Jimmy Buckets. You wasn't getting buckets this time, my guy. You are a great player, but you're not transcendent. You're not a closer. Get him out of here. And Brett Brown looking like he just got busted on internal affairs or, or, or he was an FBI agent that was doing some shady shit. Get him out of here. He should no longer be the Philly coach. And if Philly brings him back, they're stupid. Now, what do you guys think Philly should do? Do you, do you trade Ben Simmons? Do you keep Ben Simmons? Do you do you bring everybody back? I'm gonna start with Charles. Let's keep this short because we're running out of time. Uh, I mean, what does Philly do to make themselves better? The rest of the East is getting better, and I'm not sure where they add. Yes, they have young pieces. They trusted the process, but the process hasn't worked. I mean, Markel Fultz and that whole deal obviously really hurt where they were going to be in terms of projections. You got a guy that's here four that's playing point guard that can't shoot that easily gets shut down. And this team's a whole bunch of whiny babies. You, you know, you talk about Anthony Davis being a glass. Uh, oh, Joel's glass, glass. Green, but that's more of Embiid than Anthony Davis at the end of the day. And, and yes, Embiid is, is, is really good. Like, really, really good when he's healthy. But you saw what this franchise uh, has whenever he's not good. And not to bust the, you know, burst the bubble in even more, but Tobias Harris isn't coming back. So no, no. This, this team's not going to be getting better. They're going to be getting worse. Yeah, no one. Yeah, that's Schubert that's the thing. They have a really interesting offseason because I believe Jimmy Butler's also a restricted free agent. No, he's unrestricted. He's unrestricted. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so he he's not he's not coming back. Tobias Harris isn't coming back. Um, you know, Ben Simmons. I don't really think that he is the player that everyone thinks he is. I I, I really think that he's overrated. Um. Embiid, I think, is great, but, you know, like Charles said, he is a, definitely a glass-bones kind of player, too. I don't, I just don't think he's consistent and someone that you could really depend on. And so, like, I, and then they need to get rid of the coaching situation if they get a new coach. And, like, who's really out there right now, as we've seen with the other coaching searches? So uh, it's just really difficult for the 76ers right now. And, you know, hey, screw them. Oh, the way, the but, way Butler's, 70, a, but, Butler is a player option this year. The way the 76ers get oh, better well, is, is Embiid gone. stays in shape. 
He has to get in shape. He has to get in shape and be able to play back-to-back games. Justin, what's your thoughts on the 76ers? How do, what do they do from here? I'm so confused with you guys, you know, takes on, on, on the Sixers, man. They lost, they lost in Game 7 on a game-winning shot by Kawhi Leonard. And but I get that. But just that loss, which but wait, just that loss will change everything because how do they afford bringing back all three and have to pay Ben Simmons the next year? How can they afford? They can't. You can't bring back some of these players. That's why it's it's going to be different. They're only going to possibly bring back Jimmy. And if you don't have Tobias, you don't have the shooting you had of this year. And, and that's if Jimmy doesn't want to go to Los Angeles. That's the, re- the the writing's on the wall for them. It's not that we don't we don't think the 76ers can be good because they have the young people. It's just all these moves that they went on won't work out after this year. So for after thinking about it, is I have to like like I have to like really see you know the whole like player contracts and how much money each how much money the team has. I, 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 I I'll tell you right now. So. The players under contract for next season, Joel Embiid, who's making 27 a year. Jimmy Butler has a player option, but I think we can all agree he's not going to accept that. Tobias Harris is uh, not there. J.J. Redick, not there. Boban, not there. Ben Simmons in his, is in his last year. Uh, Jonathan Simmons is in his last year. Mike Scott is gone. Uh, you have Zaheer Smith making $3 million. Uh, and then two more guys, uh, James Ennis. Uh, who is also in a player option? He probably leaves, and Jonah Bolden. So the, you really don't have anybody that's under contract for next season, and, and that's why we made this big deal of it. Because it, you, if you're gonna keep Ben Simmons, like 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 some people would expect them to, Ben Simmons is a max player if that's the case, and you can't sign Reddick, Tobias, and Jimmy and expect to sign Ben. That's why they regress. I mean, honestly, I don't. I don't think Ben, ben Simmons is a max player. Mm, well, then he gonna mm. leave. Well, then, then because yeah, he like, thinks, I feel like gone. I feel like if, if he wants the, the max, I wouldn't give it to him because he's not a max player. I mean, he can't shoot. Okay, well, then, no, why would you let go everyone else and then keep a guy who really? I mean, sometimes shouldn't be on the court. Really, I don't. Well, I don't I know. I feel like I don't know if it's them letting them go or or if it's these guys not wanting to come back. Yeah, see, I don't. Yeah, that that's another thing. Yeah, like, I don't. It's I, so much. It's just so so much. You don't really know uh, what's going on with. And that's why we're saying get them out of here. That's they, why they, I'm saying they I'm, made a I'm they saying. made a big four, and, and Tobias Harris was part of it. Tobias Harris is going to get a max deal from some idiotic team, probably the Suns. Sorry, Brooklyn. And <laughs> Jimmy Butler's going to go look for a bigger contract or look In for the a Lakers. championship. You know, so comment, hold up. Okay, I understand. Like, I definitely un understand everything that you're saying Charles but I'm saying like these guys they need to be humble and really like take less money and build oh, a well. bench well, and build a bench because like I feel like if they have a bench you know get some shooters get a, a quality backup guard who could come in for Ben Simmons when he's not shooting sh- shooting the ball well get a, a, a quality big big man for when Joel Embiid is hurt I feel like if they can build a, a, a decent bench they can be a good team because honestly, the bench it didn't like the the bench didn't give him anything this series. Well, Justin, I, mean, I agree. Series. We agree with you. That's not that's not the point of disagreement. But it, as much as you want him to be humble, they're not going to do that. Jimmy Butler has already said he's he's the only way he stays in Philly is if he gets the money. Like all these dudes are going after. The, they've said they're going after the money. 
They'll this, stay in Philly if they pay this him. This Tobias's only and last chance to get a big contract. He's gone. Tobias has to go make this money. AJ Reddick's 34. He needs to win a ring. You know? Say again? JJ Reddick is 34. It's time for him to win a ring. I don't think Boban comes back. You know, Jonathan Simmons, yes, he's under contract. But uh, other than that, I mean, your roster, they have some young guys that are in the peak of their career. If they can jump ship, go to another team, get paid even more, and win a ring, I think you're going to try to do that. Whatever happened to Markel Fultz? Gone. Orlando. Orlando. He's in Orlando now? That's right. That's right. in, in, uh, In Houston. Well, with that well, we'll we'll talk more free yeah, agency speculation yeah, yeah, yeah. as we get to. They can't afford them either, you know. Tracks. We'll get to that later. Oh, yeah, Let me get the final team out of here, and then we'll close up. Denver. I'm not gonna be rude to y'all, you guys, because look, y'all are young. Y'all, y'all. Yes, y'all should have beat Portland. Yes, y'all should have won. But y'all have a lot of promise. I believe if Michael Porter Jr. is half the player we think he is, y'all be just fine. Continue building on the Joker. Let Jamal Murray get more comp because Jamal, you got to be more consistent to be that true second option. And Gary Harris has to get a little better to be a third option. If not, you have Michael Porter. But I think this team is in prime position to be good for a little while longer. But because it's get them out of here. Sorry, Denver. Get the fuck out of here. But it's not anger. It's just I'm excited for you guys. And that's all I really got <laughs> on Denver. I'm excited for them. Ain't, ain't, no, ain't no hate on Denver. Uh, let's close up. Starting with our guest host, thank you for coming and being with us today. Charles, tell the people where they can find you out on social media. Uh, don't oh, really, tell them what you got going on. Don't, don't really follow me, but follow the, the Twitter, uh, the podcast's Twitter, at primetime underscore pod. Uh, today, we dropped an episode with Scott Prather. Lyndon came on. We gave you all of the Pelicans' reaction. Uh, Josh is supposed to come on with us today, but he hasn't hit me back, so might be pushing that back a week. But baseball, uh, wrapping up the season, LSU's got a big series against Auburn. If they want to host a regional, they need to make some moves. Uh, Two big pitchers, Cole Henry and Jaden Hill, are they going to come back for SEC? So a lot of good storylines as we see minicamp around the corner. More Zion reaction next week as we'll either be talking with Jake or Schmidt. Uh, But make sure you follow the podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you find podcasts. And check us out this week. Schubert, tell the people, or Justin, tell the people they can find you on social media. I'm on every single so- social media site, um, Twitter, Justin Matisse 22, uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm on fa- Facebook. Um, I'm always posting my blog site, TrajanLays.com. So you guys to uh, follow me on all social media and subscribe and read to, to my blog site. Check out all his, check out all his articles. All playoff long, Justin will be writing articles about the game. Schubert, tell the people they can find you out on social media. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram at aschubert14. And keep keep track with what's going on with the bros who binge. You can go back two episodes and get a review on Endgame. If you're just getting around to that, you can go back to the last episode and get a review of Detective Pikachu. And all the past episodes through the weeks, we've been going over the Game of Thrones episodes. I know that's been a very divisive topic this week. I was hoping mm. to get Charles's take, but I think we're out of time. We, yeah, we are. We'll, we'll get Charles. Yo, series. we'll get you on Bros Who Bins to come talk Game of Thrones for the finale for this. Because we'll mm. break it all down and talk about the season. But, yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on right now with Bros Who Binge. We're really excited for the next few weeks because there's so many big releases coming out. So stay tuned with us. Also, I think, I think I'll think i review John Wick for him tomorrow, Shuby. 
Hey, just another big release coming out. 100%. You guys can follow me at, at Berlin the Don on Twitter, Lyndon Burton II on Instagram. Be sure to check out Cream of Soups, his new album, Interstellar, The Rebirth. Follow Bros You Think at Bros You Think. Like Charles said, subscribe to the Bros You Think Network wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple, Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to us, leave a comment, and show us some love. Be sure to check out Anime Talk if you're an anime fan. We dropped the latest episode this week. But other than that, don't have too much more to say. We got heated on this podcast. Great episode. Thank you to everybody who participated and was on this episode. But for Cream of Soup, for Charles, for Justin, Uh for Schubert, my name is Lennon. You guys have a great, great Uh weekend. And we will talk to you guys next Thursday with more topics Uh and more news. Can't wait to see you guys then. But until then, have a good one. Why all of my women feel like horses? Why all of my meals full course? Okay, suck my finny flip, that's important. Wait till my mama see me on the fourth list. Young black kings making certified plays. When the millers come in, they gon' be looking my way. You kept it 95k, you get a portion. Come through tiptoeing in my forces. Why all of my women feel like horses?